supposed to be on track three hailing <laughs> from montreal i believe not even he i'm lying i'm misrepresenting him chris tell the people where you born and tell them where you come from oh. introduce yourself to the world briefly <laughs> why should people care about you um well i was born in uh charles lemoyne hospital in greenfield park uh or whatever what fuck park? they're calling this out sure no greenfield, greenfield park. park what is that from the South Shore. Oh my God! What's you spoke to Deuce God. You know this. Everyone, everyone knows you went on your whole journey to Long Gale, which actually is where I used to grow up too. My grandmother. I never like, went um, to this place where there's nothing taller than four no, stories ever before. <laughs> I never once had to go to a place where I had to return an amp. <laughs> nothing is taller than four stories. It's weird. It's a it's a fun place, I guess. Um, the South Shore is a cool place. I mean. I got bored of it real quick okay, just because I was more city person. Bon- Bonnie's about to walk through. We don't know what she it's wants. It's okay. There's a bonbon. Oh, her laptop's over here. Everyone can say hi to Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Amazing. So everyone needs to know this who watches this in the future. I am what you would call wrecked. This is a fair <laughs> preface because this is going to be like my worst performance of the year. Not really. Oh. Probably not. It might be actually pretty good because I'm wrecked. So on Wednesday, I drank. On Thursday, I drank. On Friday, I drank and went to bed at 4 in the morning. And then I flew on a plane, got home at like midnight. But I almost brought a straight blade razor onto the plane. The guy looked at me like, this happens a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, fair enough. And then I got home and then I woke up and I had to vote because that was very important. And then this guy is here waiting for me. And I'm like, oh, I have to do the fucking interview. <laughs> I have to show up on the camera. <laughs> I don't want to. And that's where we're at. I think my ears are still kind of like doing the popping, crackling bullshit from yeah. the plane still. And yeah. like, yo, going outside was a wild experience. What's up, Uja Nightshade? Um, but so y'all just need to be warned. I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it, yo. It's it's another it's you know, the gap. That's what it is. <laughs> Hold in and Chris on cam. <laughs> this is the one year stream anniversary of our interviews. Cause not really the anniversary of the interviews. That's a whole other date. And yo, what's up is mail. And then um we decided to go live on interviews. Fuck my eyes are closing. <laughs> live <laughs> on interviews. <laughs> do it on we use Chris as a fucking test subject for the interviews on the stream. That was how I pitched him. I'm like, yeah, and if it goes like shit, I mean <laughs> it's Chris. He's the guy over here. He's an turtle. <laughs> and then uh, a year later he's been he's edited a lot of interviews, everyone. How, how, how do you feel about that? Let, let them know what you do for the behind that suit shit. What do you do? Um, I mean, I edit the interviews. I edit usually all the videos that we essentially make. Um, with I guess the give like give this or take a few that you started would in December. Do. Everyone of last um, year. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I also make music uh, for the group for the team, and that's pretty much what I do. Music. 
Well, I mean, like I've featured on a lot of your projects and I make my own music, but essentially what I do for Behind That Suit is make music oh, and edit a lot of the videos. I know. You, what do you do when you edit them? What else are you doing? I know the answer to the question because I know you do more than just you edit the videos. Oh, I mean, I sit there, I watch the interviews, I make sure that they're all nice and prepped and good and timestamp it. And so what happens when you're timestamping? What happens when I timestamp? Yeah, tell them about what you're doing there. So I basically, I in a way, in a way, I create the topics for the different segments, and I would also kind of load out, like, lay out the description of what the whole interview is going to be like within the timestamps. So what that means is he's listening to all you motherfuckers be saying. Chris knows way more than a lot of y'all think. He be watching. He be like Dr. Dre to watch your shit. That's well, what I mean, I'm it's to say it's, right here. This motherfucker it's funny. All of them. Hell, I might not it's even funny. be paying attention in the middle of an interview for five minutes, but Chris is watching that. Um, no, it's funny. Uh, like sometimes I think I think people forget that DJ I do the edits. Clear. I think so. I'm like having that. What? I say nobody remembers that. And DJ Crystal Clear called me a redneck for some reason. I'm like, I'm the farthest thing from a redneck. I can find you some rednecks if you'd like. <laughs> I'm like, it's really not my life. No, that's not where we chill. Bonnie comes from redneck land. I'm like a fucking urban city boy. You're more of a, like, <laughs> yo, if your city's smaller than mine, you're a redneck a little bit in my mind without being like that. <laughs> ah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing my fancy New York hoodie. <laughs> you call me a redneck? Like, what? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Go flex happens. on him. <laughs> flex on him, Holden. Okay. Do it. Flex on him. Do it. Just do it. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You think a redneck would cop dash it? Okay. Okay. There you go. God, they got, as he says earlier, those designer holes in his pants. I'm just sitting there going, fuck my life. made that way. With a motherfucking fanny pack. <sighs> yes. I <laughs> I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait till you start rocking a fatty pack. I'm going to give you like such a side eye all the time and just be like, yeah. Yo, I'm in like oh. fucking skinny jeans right now. And this guy's calling me a redneck. <laughs> Yo, skinny jeans are hype. I remember when no, I, I like skinny, skinny jeans. jeans. That was, like, I remember crazy. what happened on the bus when I started wearing skinny jeans and I started noticing more people look. Yeah, it's good. It's good looking. Yeah, I had a whole like phase. I had a whole phase in my teenage years where I was just skinny jeeing it the fuck out. Yo, like, just straight up, like... DJ Crystal Clear, hella trollish. Just like I indulge him because he likes to throw subs and shit. You can see that number one next to his bits and crap, and then so he gets a little indulgence. But trust, he knows. He knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Chris be watching y'all. I ain't been involved, yo. With us for a minute. We did a whole interview a year ago where it was like Chris was like fucking railed up on some like caffeine or some bullshit. It was the kind of interview where I got to sit back, relax and watch this guy run his mouth about everything. And there was like a lot of people watching and it was kind of <laughs> litty, bro. And now we're here kinda litty, all bro. this time later. And I don't know if Chris is going to do that today. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it depends. It depends where we go with stories or whatever. In the kitchen, wrist whipping like a stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! 
it's 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 been it's been a trip honestly like looking back at just where from where we started to now like the whole thing it's been a journey and a half dude and it's fucking epic like yeah, it's this, I just want that was the boring phase. We're gonna do better shit. There's <laughs> always time to upgrade. No, everything in life is about upgrading. This is upgraded. Now we're sitting here and people are like, yo, Chris Crumb's the dopest shit ever. I got all these people <laughs> coming at me. Yo, I smashed the same hose as Chris back in me. I'm like, what? World is why Tizzy feels big. Yo, Chris Crumb <laughs> stole my girl. I'm like, what? South Shore is wild. I don't know anything about that place. <laughs> There's, there's a life, there's a life I've, um, it's, oh my God. So recently I've been trying to like, I guess, put some pieces of myself back together. And, um, I don't know, I guess like look back on my life and the things I've done and try to grow from it, try to like do better and not try to move the same way and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think that there was a, like, I, I feel like I had a life before the one I have now like just all the dumb shit all the craziness all the insanity it was just i don't know just looking back sometimes really gets me in this like weird mood type but then i just use that to make music so you know that's always Bro, you fun you know you've watched these interviews right like you're the dude in the hot seat here you can't be like you can't be mr like non-big story answers you know what i'm saying i mean I i'm waiting for Chris, like i heard you i ain't got much we're like dribbling right now we're just we're just running it i was like how uncomfortable can we make this <sighs> no i'm just i'm just we're just we're just jiving we're just we're just shooting jiving. i haven't talked to you in like a while you know <laughs> we just had this little break from life it's been like you know a hot uh. minute now we're here you know we're just in front of people we're just having a moment still it's a different vibe now you know chris is like you're gonna ask me the question you are you are so, so different now. after like a vacation bro. Right? Like, on a vacation like a real vacation oh. and like fucking like i don't know like you're just so like, low fucking out, and you're like yo we're jiving it's all good it's okay so i don't have to I'm worry like, about yo, shit really for like a I week i gotta milk this for as long as i can till we go back to fucking work mode and it's over that's why we're live Fuck. Nah, but we gonna do the thing. Nah, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of like, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it was a good week. What am I supposed to say? We're on New York City. There you go. Anyway, but, all right, Chris, you're like, am I gonna get the question? I don't think you were asking the question back to you. I want the question. Please. Then we were trying to start it right. We just got distracted because you were snarky. I was like, where are you from? And then I'm like, Greenfield Park, where it at? And you're like, you know where it's at, Mr. T. You know, I'm just trying to recap it. This is, this is that dynamic. Um, Chris will edit whatever video you want, depending on the price, ranging from 250 to to $1,000 USD. DJ Crystal Clear. It's time and effort. Yep. Hit him up after for pricing. On that note, uh, so let's start this proper. You've heard this a lot of times. You're going to hear it again. I like to start the interviews off with a little opening question. Um, it starts with my girlfriend. She's washing the dishes. She's sitting there. She's got her phone playing. It's this Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. Ooh. No, I mean, it's just kind of vibing, gelling. I'm looking at her and I'm like, when the fuck did this track stop being like a fucking fun song and it became my fucking chores music? It's still a fun song. Yo, my delivery's trash. Bear with me, everyone. <laughs> I'm fucking zonked. 
Um, <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is like the worst. Like, we're doing it. We're running through it. This is, yo, I'm hungover uh, in life. Like, uh, I haven't even eaten today. It was fucking wrecked. We do it. I went out yesterday. Got super trashed. I was like sitting here all morning drinking water, trying to get back to life and everything. I voted though, civic duty bit. <laughs> Anyway, so like, yeah, back to the story. Anyway, so I'm wondering when the fuck this shit became Troy's music, cause y'all know ten years back this trap be like the liddiest up in the clubs and everybody bopping around doing their thing. And it's a good time. And then like ten years goes by, eleven years now I should say, cause the years passed. I get it. Um, <laughs> Valentine's passed, and like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of changed. The song didn't change, but we changed so much that this motherfucker became Troy's music can't something more than just you know the party vibe and then i realized a lot of that shit is there it's like exercise it's like copy paste music it's like you're bored and you want some good times back in the day kind of vibes and basically that got me thinking about life and musical journeys and stuff and the evolution of people and how everybody starts their interviews up at this adolescent phase like when did you first get into hip-hop and when did you start rapping and what's your favorite rapper and i was like okay cool but everybody asked that shit it's for real real it made me realize about how much of a, a journey that, like, um, nah, there's more than Bonnie's allowed to be a mod. <laughs> I asked Ismail if he wanted to do it. Just um, announced now the comments is there. Ismail's like, I don't want to be a mod. I'm like, fair enough. Um, but yeah, uh, so, like, back in the daytimes, I realized how impactful shit really was. Like, when I'm five, I'm up in the crib, and my moms and dads, you know, they got all the music setups. Like, we got the fucking gray boxes, right? Yo, in Flacco's apartment is the fucking boxes, right off cam. You can't see it because of his purple, nice. but he's got the amp. He's got the tape decks. He's got the shit. It's all connected together, blah, blah, blah. All running out to the fucking speakers and shit. And they used to do shit like set up surround sound in each corner and play loud ass movies like fucking Fast and the Furious with created home surround sound. It was earlier shit. Let's go on it back to 90s action flicks. And it would sound like you was up in the movie theater in that bitch. Oh, you was not expecting that curveball. And we used to do things like have family movie nights eating up that people. Okay, back to the music. Led Zeppelin tapes, you know, right. fucking right. vibes like that. My mommy's, she used to play her star 92.9 in the cars and shit. My dad played Chris Berg in the car. I was always fucking show him 97.7 in the car. Oh, I'm flipping it completely, Chris. You thought you were getting a regular. And so all this kind of vibes would impact me and influence just the overall tone of shit. Yo. Mix 96 was heavy, you know? We were really doing this in the middle of the night, listening to club music with my dad. Don't want no short dick, teeny weeny. That song, shit like that, stuck out to me, whatnot. Anyway, all kinds of vibes and shit that influenced me up to this day and a person of who I am. And it made me realize how impactful the surroundings and the fucking environment of your world is as an artist and that nobody really explores the depths of childhood and i don't know if we were doing it right back then chris i don't think we were ll cool j doing it right i don't even know if he sings that shit we doing it we doing it yo i'm in a mood let's run it back chris chrome to when you was a little chris chrome a little a wee baby the youngest chris chrome you baby. can remember and wherever the fuck the mysterious greenfield park is i'm not even sure if it really exists and tell us about the sounds of growing up as a Chris Chrome. As you've heard this question asked a whole lot of times, I believe you know how to answer the question. So the earliest I can remember is, I'd have to say like four or five. 
um, a lot of just TV shows, a lot of uh, like cartoon theme songs. Um, but the main thing that really, really stands out is the radio. Uh, that was always something that I gravitated to. I felt like uh, there was always music being played. Um, I remember a lot of car rides and just being in the car and vibing out to the radio and just really focusing more on the music. I don't actually remember like what songs were playing. I don't have that offhand right now, but um, the club nights as well, like late nights, again, in the cars riding. Um, I, a lot of, a big portion of my life was, with with at least music was traveling when i was uh traveling between the states and canada so it was a lot of just i have to say radio it only happened later on in my life that um like there was more hip-hop and like r&b introduced uh as i got older later in your life later on chris fair enough um he's a chris crow we want to hear about little c Little, 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 I little I don't Jay, like Johnson. I don't really remember much about the younger days besides that I lived in the states and I went to school in the Bro, states. Were you born in the um, states? No, you're born in Greensboro. No, Park. I was born here. How fuck you go to the states? Tell us about being my in the dad. States. So my dad got a job uh, working for, if I'm not mistaken, working for Nike in the states, uh, and we moved to New Jersey. And what part of New Jersey? So I, what we found out last interview was I lived in the city of New Brunswick in New Jersey. Well, that was a year ago. I didn't watch it right before this one. No, but I, fair enough. Um, so a lot that was just like a lot of school. Just like all I remember is just going to school, chilling out with the kids in like the little cul-de-sac. Um, Oh, actually, actually, Britney Spears was a album that I got as a kid. Um, Which one? Had a post, I think her first one with uh, a banger. Her, yeah, whatever. Her first one had a poster of her on my wall. Like just it's a good poster. Few things, but a lot of it, um, a lot of it was just like TVs, like I, like TV shows. I used to just watch a lot of like Power Rangers and cartoons, and I was kind of good at like being able to catch on quickly to the theme songs and be able to sing along. Um, Yo, tell us your top yeah. three fucking theme songs from back in the day, then. I was able to do. I was able to do the Sonic theme song at one point, like Sonic song. X. Um, what does do that mean? I, like I was able to, like, I could recite the whole theme song. Mm. Like I could just recite the whole theme song off the top of my head. Um, I want to say like, I can't even remember. I, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dang. I was able to do. Um, bang of thoughts is a good one. Those are, two, I can't even think of a third one right now. Uh, like, you know, off I, top, I got my Coca Power Rangers. Well, yeah, there's that too. I actually, even though fucking... I hated it, it was in my head before he said it because I don't remember the show, but it's on a slap like a motherfucker. 
uh, Power Rangers is actually a really big part of my life. Um, as a kid, I had the fucking Red Ranger suit for like ever, and I was like Red Ranger for like three years, and like I'd go to school with that thing on. I was just addicted. It was so bad. Really like that? now I that I look back, like grade four, rocking the Red Power Ranger outfit, beating the crap out of people, stealing girls and shit. <laughs> not really being the crap or stealing or stealing girls just like thinking i was super cool because i was like the red ranger like i was just it like you couldn't like you couldn't tell me otherwise like it was just it and then um that just faded out like eventually i just things kind of just faded out like they do and then what i learned about the power rangers is individually they're kind of useless and they need five of them to form together like voltron it's actually quite like <laughs> the Voltron. Megazoid. It's quite like Voltron, to be honest. Um, I mean, fair <laughs> enough. And then, then, or the green guy, he had his own thing, so he was good on his own. But the other five needed each other. So just being the Red Ranger alone, <laughs> that's fucking amazing. Yes, it is. It's a fucking kid show in the 90s where they jacked the fight footage from another show from Japan. Like, they stole the fucking fighting footage. Oh, it has nothing to do with anything. It was so bad. It was so bad. But it, it like, Sorry, I'm just I don't know, for clear, some I'm reason, talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because I know there's like a million fucking Power Rangers. Well, I had I had the I had the movie like I had the movie with Ooze and and um Yo, the whatever one with, like, the witches. Boy, the kids in America. No, that's not yeah. That. Like I had the yeah. Well, or maybe it's not that, but that era. I had the yeah. whole movie, and I used to watch that movie that back and back and forth on a fucking um. Bro, I saw that shit in theaters. Recording. I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I know I had that in, um, maybe I did see it. Either way, I know I, I watched that uh, movie um, on a camcorder while I was uh, on road to um, between Canada and, uh, and the States. I just so know, like, I know it slapped. Well, I mean, for a 12-year-old me or whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, after that, it went... It, Things kind of started picking up music-wise, like... Well, we went through all of that in your last interview. I just don't think we talked about Lil Chrissy Poo. Not, I mean, not much really happened as Lil Chrissy Poo. It was more just like, I was kind of really sheltered a lot. Like, I just stayed home. Um, like, I had video games. I had a computer. Like, I had um, I had access to, like, these things as a young kid. So, I didn't really kind of had to go out a lot. Um, and then just as I got older, I started going out more and then, like, making friends. Um, I think because, like, I because I was young when I moved to the States, I, I became, like, I, I developed this, like, disassociation to, like, solidifying bonds and shit. Because when I came back, it's like I had to make new friends again. And I just, it felt weird because like, you know, the friends I made in the States, I'm not going to see them again. And it just, it, it kind of gave me this weird like disassociation. So I kind of just stuck to myself a lot until I would say roughly high school, like elementary school, right? So whatever, kindergarten to grade six. Um it's like I'd have friends and I have people that I'd hang out with and whatnot, but a lot of it was just at school. Um, I remember like a birthday party I threw, I had some friends over from school and even thinking back on it now, it kind of felt weird to me. 
kind of just like felt weird to me to have like these these people in my house that I I don't know I, I guess I just didn't feel like genuinely we were all really friends like it was just kind of a thing we were supposed to do as like my birthday and have like people show up um so yeah I just kind of really stuck to myself when I got home like my home life was my home and I, I, I don't I don't I feel like I'm rambling but like that's the yeah, only way I can explain man. it you're just being Chris Crown. like my home life like even now right at 27 I go home and there's like a certain way I kind of I guess move and do things just because like it's always just been like that at my house. Like, it's just, this is how the structure has kind of always been. And I got to like, I guess, act a certain way. Do you have an example way. of a way you move? Um, that would be like particular. The, I mean, the biggest one would probably be like smoking weed. Uh, my parents were highly against me smoking weed um, forever. And then when it started getting weird was when I became an adult and then... I would like I moved out I was living on my own I'm doing what I want to do whatever smoke weed whenever and then I go to my mom's let's say for Christmas with a girlfriend or something and even my girlfriend would be like yo you're acting strange like why are you like why are you quieter why are you like not super loud and excited like you usually are and it was it's kind of just like that's how I am when I'm at my house. Like, that's just how I am around my family. It's like, I just, I fucked up a lot. Like I was really a hyper kid and got into a lot of trouble and like pulled a lot of fucking tantrums and fits and shit. So like now in my older age, I'm like, just stick to myself, stay quiet, just show up, like appear and then like leave. Um, yeah. I don't know how the hell I got there, but that, yeah. Nah, it is what it is. We all are kind of weird around family in my world. I'm not saying you all do. Some of you have fucking wonderful relationships with your parents, and good for you. I have weird relationships with my parents, so it's not the, it's not saying bad, just non-standard. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have always just the hyperactivity shit, man. Motherfuckers back in the day was fucking weird about that. Like, people were being punished for effectively being creative. I mean, the so like a conversation we've had off cam like a lot and something that I've had to really think about just especially with my ADHD is that I I don't think that this is a lie or anything per se or like it was pushed on me because I've had like I've had conversations with my parents and they made it like abundantly clear that they went to like four doctors and they really got like really got me checked and wanted to make sure like they were making the right decision so I feel like I actually do have ADHD and I really got to nah, deal with that shit. Facts. Nobody, like, I'm not saying no, it's fake to anybody. What I think is a bunch of motherfuckers back in the day had no idea what in the fuck they was diagnosing. Mm -hmm. And they called it some dumb shit based on the fact that, like, well, it looks like you lack attention, <laughs> abilities, and skills. On instead of like whatever whatever they just drugged a bunch of kids <laughs> they just drugged a bunch of people like it's a real thing go look at it they were just over diagnosing like oh you kid be hyper let's throw that add shit up in there i don't know like me and my brother got tested my brother got diagnosed i did not get diagnosed 
Although I'm like, y'all are wildin'. I, y'all are wildin' that I don't have that shit. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Like, whatever the fuck. Like, I'm not saying I have it because whatever. I didn't get diagnosed. But, like, mm-hmm. I can't pay attention. I literally have to go play a video game practically to watch TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like just sitting yeah, there I feel watching that. a movie. Yo, shout out Sim Ultra Rogue Gaming for the follow. It's just the idea of sitting there, like, watch TV by itself, like, whatever. It has to be, like, some highly engrossing shit. Like, lately, cartoons can I'm be. I'm the same way. You know what I mean? I'm the same way. Like, I have to, if I have a really hard time watching movies, um, and I think it's, like, specifically any movie that's not an action movie, only because I feel like they're just too slow. They're just, like, they're, they could be great, and they could be, like, super amazing and script as well and blah 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 but like i I need that consistent like stimulus to stay focused or to be able to like continue going um like i have a hard time even like doing some of the editing and the interviews like i get distracted a fuck time and it could just be like i'll be listening to the interview y'all are talking and I just drift off and like look at my phone i'm still listening and i'm still making sure that if there was like anything that needs to be cut out or changed or whatever is like picked up and caught but i i still catch myself like drifting off and then like going into like not serious mode bro we'll i say. completely get it i hated editing shit it's the boringest fucking crap in the world i stopped listening well to it. it's but not just editing like like you actually have fair to- enough but it's like it's not just editing like for example i'm having a uh, right now i'm working on music right and it's like i'll i'll be i'm able to like write out music and write a verse and that'll be it but then when i really sit there and like go and try to like perfect it tweak it and all that stuff it's like i i could feel myself at times just being like just like something's trying to pull me away even though i'm like really like i want to be focused on the lyrics i want to be focused on what i'm doing and all that stuff mm. but it's like i can feel this thing like pulling me away like, like go look at this go look at that yo, maybe you know like it's, pe- it's crazy like, maybe instead of like pills they should have taught us all how to work a little bit better with each other because i know when you in the room and you got a little time limit somehow you banging out masterpiece verses with like me giving you fucking yo i'm bored looks <laughs> but it's like it's so that i feel connects to um it connects to actually some of my teenage years throughout my whole teenage years. I made I decided I was going to be a rapper, right? I decided I was going to be a rapper and I was like, I'm going to make rap music. I'm just going to whatever express myself and, um, and do, do what I think I, I can do. Uh, it wasn't uh, just to clarify. It wasn't like I woke up and was, this is what I'm going to do. I I've had a love for hip hop just with all the music I've listened to. And I've always like, when I had um, like my, my uh, MP3 player, like I had DMX, I had Nas, I had Jay-Z, I had like Eminem, I had all of these, all hip hop influences. So I've always been um, attracted to hip hop and wanted to be a part of it and part of the culture and everything. So hence why I decided this is what I'm going to do. And when I met my best friend, it's like, I told him I was going to do this. And he was like, oh, yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. And then I freestyled for him and it was complete trash, absolute trash. He was like, that was garbage. He then freestyled for me and it was pretty fire, like pretty fire at that age. Um, and what was really cool was I, I, I like, as, and like aspire to try to be that like i try to be like him and how he writes and how he like does his things because he's really fucking good and he just didn't he just he like he didn't like he never let me stop it was like yo do it again do it again do it again do it again and like just next beat next beat next beat next beat and we just days in days out days in to a point where like we would chill for like day like like we every time we chilled, even if it was like ten minutes, if we were at like Panama, uh, Panama is actually uh, the bus station in Brassard that if you um, take the forty five can get to Bonaventure from. Yo, shout yeah. out Panama and our local. What do we, what's the cool name for Brassard that Brassard kids call Brassard? I don't know. I never my the thing with the South Shore is I never really I don't care for the South Shore, nor do I like like it because I have like your core. Um not particularly. I'm like I'm on the outskirts. That's 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 like part of my disassociation with a lot of the South Shore Brossard is like the outskirts. So you have Brossard uh, Greenfield Park, Longdale, St. Hubert, St. Lambert, that are all like one fucking, I would associate it as like one fucking spot. I, and that's the fat part where nothing's bigger than four stories. On the, uh, oh, and then there's Longdale as well. So, like, all of that, like the way, okay, hold on. The way I look at it is if you live in any of these places I just named, you, you basically kind of know everybody from everywhere because you either go to the same school, you either take the same fucking city bus, this, that, and the next thing. The way it happened for me was I lived out in St. Constant, St. Catherine, Candiac, La Prairie, where a bus ride alone is like an hour just to like get to where you have to go. Sometimes an hour 45. It's like living up in like fucking Laval, basically. I mean, Laval is like a whole other thing. I hear what you well saying. that's it's it's the same idea like when I, I went to Laval once for a party and I, like it was really weird so my girlfriend was like oh uh, where do we go I'm like just follow the bus signs and she's like but how do we know which bus and I'm like it's exactly like Saint Constant like you just follow the one thing and it'll bring you to wherever the fuck you have to go because it only goes one spot like there's no double end it's like it does a big kind of the buses kind of go around in like a huge circle throughout the whole area and then come back. So, um, yeah, because I lived out in like St. Constant, St. Catherine, um, I, I, it, again, a lot of my English speaking friends lived in Brossard, Greenfield park, all that. So if I wasn't ready to do the two hour bus ride, or if I didn't have money, or if I wasn't getting a lift into essentially let's say lift into town, it's like, I wasn't able to chill with them and I wasn't really out there hanging out with like all the French kids. Like that just wasn't my scene. I tried going to, uh, the, the Le Maison des Jeunes, the whatever, I guess it's a community center for kids. Like not even cause we had like the oh, local community center, but it's like, is. I was like, I thought that was like a pronoun. And then I realized it's more of just a noun noun. No, it's uh, it's the house of kids, right? It's, it's like a but like, 
Well, okay, so there was it's um it was like a chilling spot. Like I don't even it was like a cool like a rec like a rec center, I would say. Like they had a parking lot, they had uh like access to the basketball court and everything. Um when you'd walk in, it's like you'd go like you can go downstairs, there's like a pool table, there's like a PlayStation, there's like a Wii. Um and like just people would go there and just chill and like just yeah, you can like use a computer or whatever, play foosball. Um, yeah, like I think I guess like a rec center. Um, I tried doing that, got involved with some girls there, didn't really last long. Was it hold the on, language I'm barrier? A question. Hmm. Did you not last long there because you got involved with some girls there? No. Uh, uh, mm. <laughs> um. So. Stupid me, stupid me, story time, story time. I guess now that I think about it, I think that is what happened, but like, I don't, hmm. okay, so, <laughs> so, um, it was like a long time ago, you could tell the story. I'm chilling, I'm chilling at this place, I'm chilling at this place with my homie, and uh, I overhear that some girl thinks I'm cute, so I'm like, I like do homies like yo so and so thinks you're cute whatever whatever I was like all right okay who so me and my dumbass I'm trying to figure it out and not like doing this smartly or whatever and I I walk up to one girl and she's like yeah it's me but it wasn't actually her so apparently there's like two girls who think I'm cute and I don't know who's who I don't know what the fuck's going on so I'm like okay so it's this one so I'm talking with her, whatever. We're trying to, I guess, do whatever. And then we're like, yeah, we'll date because why the fuck not? It's just, why the fuck not? Um, turns out it was her friend. And her friend, and I'm such Yo, a piece Bonnie of shit. Just laughed. She's like, <laughs> I just want you all to know. But... I'm such a piece of shit. But like her friend spoke English. So it just made things easier to like talk to the friend who spoke English and we just clicked more. So eventually I break things off with friend one. I go off with friend two and friend one didn't really like that. And she got all like really petty and jealous, I guess. I don't really know. So one day... <laughs> Hold on to comment. Why the fuck not? Wait, I have my standards. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Dumb. Like, literally, I'm looking back at it. I'm like, all of this could have been highly avoided if I just used my fucking brain. But no. Nah. Who no. hasn't been in the predicament where you try to seduce one no. friend and then decide the no. other friend's better gets, and then act dude, like an it asshole? Gets like, it gets super worse. Who it hasn't gets like, been there? No, it gets it gets like super worse because like because uh, like friend one friend one got all started getting all weird when she realized my dad was black. So that also <laughs> like racism? Yeah. Well like essentially racism, but she was like, I'm just racist to things I don't know. And I was like so this racist. is a red flag and this is fucked up. So I scurried off to like skirt, go skirt. with her friend. Right. Um, 
we're like chilling outside one day at my mom's house, whatever, just like on the steps, just talking, chilling, whatever. And friend one shows up walking, like, cause I lived in a cul-de-sac, right? So it's, well, like you have the street and then the street breaks off into a cul-de-sac, but you can continue going down the street to like hit the next block or whatever, whatever. So I see friend one and like four big old dudes with a dog. Oh boy. Walking down the fucking block. Turn into the cul-de-sac. Fucking super dramatic, bro. Super dramatic for nothing. Oh, my God. And they, like, because in the middle of the cul-de-sac, we have this, like, patch of grass or whatever. And they just, like, chilled at, like, the, the end of the patch of grass. And she's, like, telling me, like, come over as I'm talking shit. So I, like, tried to negotiate that we were going to talk away from all of these people so I don't say the wrong thing and get my face punched in by, like, one of the bigger dudes. Yeah, that 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 didn't work out. I had to walk and go stand next to the dude who's like towering over me and got like a dog in hand and all this shit. And she's just there like they're not gonna do nothing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I she was like, So what happened? And I was like, You don't like my dad. That's not nice. Bye. Like, Thank yeah. You. And then I next. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um yeah and then ever since that moment i never went back to brassard no to the to the the, the wreck thing yeah the Maison no, that's fair i i imagine after a guy uh, with a dog shows up at my fucking house you because know, i was like i didn't like fully know that it was so like housey you know like I'm, it's it's well okay no you have to understand brassard wait what do you talk about Brossard and all that? I just, like, passed through it all. I was, like, looking at it all. Yeah, see, that's the thing I'm trying to explain to you. You weren't where I'm talking about. Okay. Like, I'm talking about, like, Saint, far Saint off into Constance, the suburbs. Saint, yeah. Like, Saint-Constance, Saint-Catherine like, is, is not like, the same. Is it big houses? It's, yeah. Like, when I, walk, when I walk out of my mom's house, it's house after house after house after house after house. Like, y'all got and land, it's land? All, Yes, like, land, land, y'all like, cars, like, like, triple cars. Um, not like acres. I mean, I got a decent sized backyard, but when I was growing up in the, in the big house that had like fucking almost like seven floors and shit. Um, you grew up in a house with seven floors. My, my parents got a house built. We had a bit, ba- well, I mean, it had a basement, a main floor. <laughs> so my, <laughs> so, okay. Coming back from the States, uh, the final time, uh, like this, was, like this was like official. We're coming back to live here. Uh, we moved to Saint Constant. Uh, yeah, yeah. We moved to Saint Constant, and that was for I think about a year and a half. And then in, within that year and a half, my dad and my mom were getting a house built in Saint Catherine. So they bought the land, got the house built, and then I moved over into the house. Now this house, like uh, it's it's my childhood house. Like this is the house I did like everything happened in like every fucking story up until my first blowy my first yeah 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 all all of that was all in this house like even the story i just told you happened in this big house so um i had a basement that had a bathroom a essentially like an extra room storage room but we turned it into a bedroom um and just a huge basement then the first then the first floor 
um, had the living room and you, like, you'd walk in and then there'd be like the living room on the side and then the kitchen in the back. And it was like a big kitchen, a big ass living room. Um, then you would go, but between like the basement and the living room, you had like a little platform to go into the garage. Um, from the living room slash kit, like whatever, just like a stairway that's in between both that goes up. So you'd walk up one stairway and then you hit a platform and that leads into my mom's room. You'd go up another stairway. You hit a full floor, which is a bathroom, which has a door to my bedroom. It's almost like the fucking bookstore we were just at where it had like these little half floors between the full floors. And then, uh, so my, my bedroom was always in the front of the house everywhere I lived. My mom just, you're, this is your room no matter what. My brother was always in the back. My mom, I was always in the front room. Um, and uh, yeah, so like you'd have the bathroom that's connected to my room through a door and um, just whatever, it was my room. And then I'd have the, litty. they have um, living, like the, the washer dryer and like a fucking, I can't think right now, closet door. Cool. And um, then you'd have my brother's room and then I'd have a, a side room, which was the computer room, like the computer office room. And uh, that was the house I went, I spent like a majority of my fucking life in. Um, Yeah, like everything happened in that house. Uh, First real girlfriend. Mm -hmm. First like real, real girlfriend. Um, First blowy, first spliff, the first time. First time I uh, came home stupid high. I just imagine that's the moment your mom jumps on or some shit. <laughs> I, I mean, yo, dude, at this point, there's nothing my mom doesn't, like, know or fucking thinks of whatever. Like, I'm, I'm pretty honest. And I, like, that was proud of my problem growing up with my parents was you shouldn't be, like, you should be honest with your parents. But a lot of the shit I was doing would get me in trouble. So I would like slightly. So this happened and then I get in trouble and I'm like, well, I'm not telling you the other six fucking stories. Goodbye. So, yeah. So you were like halfway honest because of the consequences of full honesty. I've always felt guilty about lying to my parents about a lot of shit because I just wanted to be honest. But it's like knowing that if I was going to be honest, they would like basically get mad at me and try to get me to stop now essentially yeah smoking weed i shouldn't be at a young age cool probably having sex and fucking engaging in all this shit without fucking being protected or whatever like i get all that but i feel like my parents maybe have just um a little bit may have taken it a little bit too far with like trying to be protective but i i can't blame them because I, and not to like make the excuse for the ADHD, but it's like when I really, really look back at my childhood, I'm like, bro, I was a fucking hyper kid. Like I was, bro, off, I would like, love to talk world. to like grandparents more, and, like not our parents' age, but I want to hear some stories from their parents, because I'll bet their parents be like, nah, let me break it down to you, Mister Christopher. Your genetics are their genetics, right? So you just got to. I mean, like, if you're like this, you just got to imagine what they was like. <clears throat> I, I know that my dad if we look at it it's probably my dad who has the adhd but i i guess a lot of it was i i 
I threw a lot of tantrums. Like that's essentially why they were the way they were is because I pulled a lot of fits, fucking screamed, hollered at the top of my lungs for absolutely no fucking reason, being super entitled as a child. Um, so like that was more it. I, I think that if I was just like a hyper kid who was like fucking playing sports or this, that, and the next thing, it may be a little bit different, but that's not who I was. I mean, like, like, I was just... It was kind of like I said before, man. People didn't know shit all about shit all like they do now. Nowadays, people will be like, oh, enough. well, this is the this and the that and the that and the this. And, like, there are, like, a, yo, ain't nobody able to state there's no book on parenting anymore. Because, like, fuck that. There's so many books on parenting that regardless to what style of book you like or format you like or YouTuber, there's people out there with mad tips on how to handle a lot of situations smarter. But, like, we were not blessed with parents that had access to that knowledge. No, but um, I, I now I look back and, and realize, like, they, they did everything they could and I learned a lot. And, and it's, like, the one thing that I do say is I think putting me on putting me on pills was not the worst mistake they could have made for the intentions they had. But I feel like for myself, I was on pills. I was on Concerta and Ritalin, not all at the same time. These are like two different times in my life. There was like a whole phase where it was just Ritalin and then, then moved into Concerta. But I feel like because the medication plays with like your brain and like suppresses a lot of just the hyperactivity and the natural, I guess, shit that goes on in your, in, in, in your body. Um, I never really learned how to manage a lot of my emotions properly in, in situations. I never learned how to um, adapt to situations properly and understand like the, the natural, I guess for lack of a better word, like the natural order of things. Um, I would get mad at shit that to me made sense, but I could never express to someone else because it wouldn't make, like, like to them, it didn't make that, like they wouldn't be upset about it. They just kind of let that go and shit. Um, I think that was maybe a result of just, putting me on pills because a lot of the time I'd feel numb I'd feel like just hollow didn't really feel like I'm alive feel like I'm a zombie all the time and that I also kind of linked to self-medicating with weed at this point where it's like I just smoking weed makes me feel the same way as I'm on my medication except now I can like eat because that was one of the factors on, on taking the pills is I didn't eat I used to like auction off my fucking food at lunch uh in elementary school uh, even in high school just because i wasn't hungry like i had a best friend who knew the code to my fucking locker and just i was basically feeding him every fucking day yeah that's wild that's yeah wild. i am um... yeah go on i mean it's just a wild idea that like we got given a bunch of pills that kind of make you not hungry, packs your nutritional value, and at the very developmental stages, of, yo, because not just you, right? Like everybody knows. Well, here's the thing. So many people. Here's the thing, right? So many people. You have to eat while you're on the pills, right? So if I, so if I came, it's like if I came home, 
and like there was a sandwich still there or whatever it's like why didn't you eat your lunch no 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 so i started like doing so a lot of it a lot of i guess growing up it's kind of one time in a more recreational capacity at a very stupid moment my grandmother had just died and a dude had given me a 12 hour time lapse concerto and uh I did not know that shit was baby speed or whatever, or just speed. It's basically speed. Um, and I was, my uncle had no idea. Like, he doesn't know me that well, so I got away with it. But he, I'm sitting there tripping on Concerta while my uncle, whose mother has just fucking died, is driving me down to, like, fucking Cornwall. I can tell you one thing. You are not hungry on that shot. You do not want to eat. There was food there. I had to almost explain why I didn't want to eat some shit. And my brother was like, you're fucking tripping. You can ask him about this story if, if you don't believe me. It's like, you're fucking rolling? I don't, I don't know what the right word is for that. But I don't know. I know rolling is a word for Molly. I don't know what the right term is. But like, this, the, whatever the fucking you took a concerted term is. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, I'm rolling off a pill. You're fine. Go on. Um, But like, yo, that's like a bunch of young people being fed a bunch of shit that makes you like, you have to be forced to eat. Yo, imagine the psychological implications on the relationship with food. I mean, I I got so one thing that I was able to eat was like sugar. Like I could eat like the craving for like brownies and like cookies and ice cream and all this shit. It's like that kind of surpassed the 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 numbness of not wanting to eat. But I think it was more out of like, I want that brownie more or less. You know what I mean? Like, not saying that the sandwich wasn't good or this, that, or the next thing, but it's more the idea of like, I would rather just have the sugar. Um, something that I noticed, especially now with like fucking the caffeine I consume and the sugar I take and being fucking hyped up. Um, it's like, I got a custom to to i got accustomed to needing caffeine and maybe not at that young age because i wasn't drinking coffee but the idea of like being sugar induced and having like that energy from the sugar and shit and all that was like that feeling to counteract the fact that i felt so stoned and numb and that bad habit turned into fucking once i discovered coffee it was over i was just drinking coffee and then then I would say I started smoking weed. Um, I don't know, like fucking. I I was twelve. I'd say heavily around like sixteen, and then it was just weed and coffee. And then I kind of continued, but I was also doing that well on my pills. Um, so that was also fucking me up. And then at eighteen. My mom, 18 or 21, I don't know which one it is for the pharmaceut pharmaceuticals and all that shit, but I guess 18 because I'm an adult. Uh, she was like, I'm no longer going to pay for your pills. Like, they're now expensive because you're an adult. You're going to have to figure it out. And I was like, I ain't fucking taking them. And now I'm 27. Mm. That's true. That was a College was a trip. Because I was 18 when I went, I was turning 18 when I went to college. So that was like the first, oh my God, that, that like fucked me up. So like my college experience, 
at 18, it's like the first year in my life that I'm not on meds and that I'm like just living through the natural impulse of things and just kind of going with everything. Did not help me. I did not pass college. Wasn't that? Yo, college is mad overwhelming, yo. I went into that shit with hella culture shock. My whole first two semesters, I didn't give a shit about school. It was just too overwhelming. There's so much shit happening. Like, why are you going to class? Like, like you don't feel like going to class. Because, like, yo, hmm. there's a... Or especially if you get, like, some kind of lineage going on in, like, the the school. Or, like, there's a club. Or, or, or let's be some real. Girls, you know, in abundance and shit. And you're just like... I mean, a lot of, a lot of my issues self self-made as well are from dealing with girls and prioritizing relationships over other things um that's Chris. But it is kind of you drew a nice shade i appreciate the comment no but that's a wildly valid statement like that is what happened like yo but you i can't just can't even be the only wanna, one though i just want to emphasize but i just want to like like i and I, I and just for my own because i'm like having a mini anxiety attack right now for my own thing like why because I don't want it to feel, I don't want it to sound like it's my, like it's my parents' fault. Like no, I really down in, like in my heart, truly believe like they did, like that's why they I didn't said just like take a little the first bit, like, dude, earlier, you know? right? like, like a little bit earlier. I said like right now, you can go YouTube and Google, and we could like retroactively have this conversation. But like yo, my brother mm. was like fucking diagnosed with that shit. I don't remember what we did with pills or whatnot, but mm. like. There was like almost like because what happened was is like you would misbehave a little bit in class usually and then like the schools would get involved and then all of a sudden you'd have these like parent teacher meetings where they'd be like mr rye your son is a shithead in my class and we need him to be a little fucking dork that sits there and shuts the fuck up and isn't himself that's really what's happening right so if you don't really conform to it rather than Cause like yo, the public school system doesn't really necessarily have the funding or knowledge at this time, especially like we're talking like a long while back. We're in our late, your late twenties. I'm in my thirties and shit. My brother's like in between, right? So it's like the schools don't have the knowledge or the money to deal with all of the number of people that are maybe not like adapting well to the way the school system's playing out. So I think the government just like low key drugged everybody. And, like, told all the fucking parents, this is the move. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're in the, like, fucking 90s, right? Or the early 2000s. You probably or maybe aren't that internet savvy. So all your information is coming from the news, the fucking Montreal Gazette, you know, shit like that, right? And then all the doctors be like, take this pill. It's going to help. And then at this this time, you're kind of like... In this like um, dual income society, as inflation and shit has impacted Quebec heavy, and things have changed, and like we're in the first era really where like everybody's working and running some shit. Um, that's facts, Sim. Facts. They do make you an obedient slave. I'm I'm kind of glad I dropped out of university because I've seen how like there's these behavioral norms. I'm kind of like 50-50 on it, but I'm kind of glad because there's these behavioral norms that get like entrenched into people to get through that system for four years. Mm-hmm. But like you get this network that's hella dope <clears throat> as well. Right. But I don't have that. So I'm think different. So it's like a weird in my heart thing, but like, 
So yeah, but this isn't like just Chris. This is like my age group. Like we're talking like fifteen fucking years at least of people just being like, give them fucking pills. And it was like not a joke. It was like a it was like hot topic in the news type shit, right? Like, so everybody's right. thinking about it. It's a legitimized thing as much as fucking anything else. It's like the way people treat anxiety now is kind of like the way ADD was being treated. Like everybody knew it was a thing, but nobody really understood it to the depths of like how it could be maybe helpful to adapt the world to like manage it. So it's not right. like your parents fault. There's almost no... Unless they was, like, doctored up, like, they was in the medical community and, like, understood the shit. Like, how could people have known? This was some, like, I think the government drugged us on some, like, control shit a little bit. And now people be wildly dysfunctional. And I don't know if it was, like, intentional on some conspiracy theory shit. But I believe that they thought they could solve psychological conditions via pills because that's how we approach our problems we look for like solutions that we can engineer and like fix and i think they treated people like that rather than adapting a system that was no longer functional because frankly half the shit you learn in school is pretty fucking boring it's just I boring mean, shit. Shameless little plug, but the song we made for Wishfelly, uh, World, that's essentially what my verse is about. The whole verse is about me entering into the world with ADHD and being forced to take medication because they think it's going to help out. And then things start to change uh, later on in the verse when I like essentially get off the pills when they change to like, uh, there's a part I'm like, grew accustomed to the chemicals uh that soon evolved into the edibles that's like referencing i stopped taking pills and then went to like smoke weed or essentially whatever rhymed um but yeah that's what that's what that verse is actually about is dealing and and kind of being told like you're different a lot of a lot something yeah, that's always that i'm different shit that's where i was gonna something go that's it. like really fucked me up in my whole life is i've always felt different i've always I've always like just normal shit doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I just I've always felt like I'm I'm just I don't know how to really go into it. So I've okay, so there's this like frame, right? And in this frame, it's like the perfect idea image. And it's like you're born, you grow up, you learn like family values, you know, this, that, the next thing. You go to school, do through you go through that, you meet the guy or the girl, you marry set guy or girl, you get the fucking dog, whatever, the cat, <laughs> you know, you have the kids, and then like that's just what life is, right? Like that's I felt like that was something that's always been hanging over my head, and I just don't fit into that frame. Yeah, bro. And that shit. I've always just like felt not myself. I've always felt like I had to walk certain paths because it was what we were supposed to do. And that really fucked me up because I, I don't I don't know who I am in a sense. Like just to be brutally honest, it's like if we had a conversation about who Christopher Johnson is and who Chris Chrome is, it's like I can have that conversation. I can tell you things about what I value, what I like, what I don't like um you know what i think is right and wrong what i agree with and what i disagree with but 
the idea, like, I overthink a lot of things and I overanalyze a lot of things and I get into this like weird and I call it like an ADHD loop where I just like spiral out of control, like thinking of every possibility uh, of just whatever it is. Like it could be like, like just anything, just overthinking. And it's like, I just, I go beyond, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going beyond what I'm supposed to. I, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm, I'm trying to explain what I'm trying to explain. It's like, I just don't feel like myself or at I least feel like, yo, bro, here's the thing. I'd be up in the corporate spheres of life and my mm. haircut might not be everybody's favorite. And my best theory is 20 years ago, they had to cut their hair and I got to where I am without cutting my hair. And I don't think people like that kind of shit. There's this weird, um, symptom across the american culture over here i include canada in this because let's be real we're like state 51 if we're being real real maybe there's like six more states whatever um but like people be wildly like like okay let's bring it back to the grandma the grandma would be like i had to walk two miles to fucking school to blah 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 and it's like the point is like i had to suffer and i earned some blah 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 you see it a lot with old heads in hip-hop they'd be like i had to suffer before i was allowed to win Therefore, it's like you almost have to like suffer too to be allowed to win. And it's like, it's like you have to pay these dues and it's all to chase a certain like path. And then the wild part is I remember growing up with all these like colorful signs in like elementary school, primary school, back when we did this shit. Right. Be yourself. You're special. You know, like really like indulging. Like, just, just quick, quick tangent. I would read those signs and it's like, there's a part of my brain that goes, this is true. Yeah. I am special. Ba, ba, ba. But then there's like another part of my brain just overwhelmingly going, why are you fucking lying to me? Like I've always felt like, I like I'd read these positive signs and be like, why are you fucking lying to me? Flipping like, a call center job into like corporate shit, being all fantastic I, and special. And that's the thing. It's like when 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 you say that, and I look back at it, I'm like, oh shit! Like I am pretty special. Like I do I Honestly. do some special things. But it's it's this interior like it, it, inside feeling that it's like I it's don't know. Motherfuckers be using wildly bad metrics of success to like determine wins. Like people who be bragging on fifty thousand views. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Um, it's like that's the situation we in. People don't understand like. Like, just the concept of success is so wildly different than, like, to each person than, like, a standardized way could do it. But then you look at, like, how I call this shit middle-class normative behavior because, frankly, for the longest time, the middle class is the majority of people, right? So, like, from an electoral voting perspective, all the cultural pandering is going to that group of people because, like, the poor people aren't populated enough except for in certain districts and in certain concentrations. So it's usually not nationwide shit. And the rich people are not populated enough. So it's like you got this middle class thing that created these core cultures, right? And there's, like, weird-ass expectations, in my opinion, that go into that lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle and it is like the what you were describing before it's like you you find a career path based off of some education 
and then you find a partner i'll be like more whatever inclusive and you then acquire an animal or child or two or three or whatever you cop house one you get promoted this is and at this point is where your life gets fucked up you cop a second house the mortgage too now your life is fucked and you're a slave to a system until you die and it's like all freedom gets sucked out because for some reason you could just never afford to like it's just a cycle of acquiring yep. this next level and then you gotta chase that bigger bag to get like honestly just the most arbitrary <laughs> shit and the way most people play it is so safe and shit like to me a house is a safe ass investment it's a sure investment it's still a safe ass investment there might be better right. investments if you can bank on yourself to be more interesting than a house and then get a house later like you want to know my dream chris i want to hmm. pay for the house in cash not necessarily in bills because that seems a little superfluous but up yeah. front done get the fuck out of here i feel you i feel you there's a there's a taking on 20 year debts to pay for the house like you know like you don't really own shit. like see it's crazy i don't I don't know a lot of own shit after 20 years. I get the point that after 20, I'm not like, you know, I'm just saying like philosophically speaking. Okay. Don't come at me house people, but I feel like I have to say that shit a lot. A lot of what I have to say is defensive because I fucking don't give a shit, bro. You ain't winning in life. If you copped yourself a house, like to me, that's like, cool. Yo, like, what did you do? What do you do on the weekend? Oh, you fucking mow the lawn and you do repairs on your house. Now look, my boss, loves that shit he loves renovations it's his art and i fucking love his passion for it i see how much time it takes him to do that shit and i'm like i could not do this if i had a house that i had was responsible for taking care of and i like doing this more so that means the house ain't the focus no more you know what i mean bonnie will get a house one day i get it one day it's just the focus okay it's crazy because like when when my parents got a divorce and the whole getting that that frame it's like once that broke apart and the big house turned into a regular sized house and like on both ends my my mom and my dad both went to like regular sized houses and like the backyards kind of shrunk a little bit more and just the lifestyles started being more like kind of reclusive and, and just kind of sticking within, with, within each other. Um, that, that actually felt a little bit more normal to me. Um, starting to feel a little bit more normal to me. Um, I guess seeing, seeing everybody happy in their own space kind of was able to mm. help me, help me, you know, kind of understand like, Yo, we can be happy alone. Something, something that I I know is like an issue I deal with is I have this deep obsession with wanting to understand the idea of love. Like it just absolutely like it's it's weird. It's so weird. I don't understand, and I and I think it's because I watched the breakup happen, the divorce happen with my parents. Like I I watched them go through it. Um, I feel that. Sh- like, I'm not saying that I was there, you know, in the middle of them arguing and stuff. Nah, my parents really did their best to try to keep it away from me and my younger brother. But like, 
but I would I wouldn't sleep. Like I'm awake. I'm just upstairs in my room, but I can hear you guys and I can I can hear things and it's like that really fucked me up because I I don't know. I I I I hold a lot of blame of it for no reason. Um and I'm coming to terms with that now. I'm coming to terms with like, you know, I'm holding on to certain shit that like I really shouldn't be holding on to. Yeah, I don't ever think parents should ever like put it on their kids in any way. No, something. they didn't. They didn't. I did it to myself. That's part of the problem. Like I straight up, like, even to this day, I'll talk I'll talk to my mom about it sometimes and she'll even say it. She'll be like, Yeah, I, I don't know why, but Chris thinks he's the reason. Like it's some like twisted fucking thing in my brain um but i bring this up because it's like maybe though like you're just intuitive and like there's a degree of maybe you're not the reason but your existence created a dynamic that created reasons i mean it it could be like again i i look back and i'm I'm like maybe here i'm not anybody right just no but it's 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 something that like i think about like how many how many fights could i could i have created based on just like who I well, am. To be fair, you didn't create them. I mean, okay, at least with your parents in regards to that. That's like shit they signed up for. They chose to procreate, and when they choose to procreate, that comes with certain responsibilities where, like, yeah, yeah. even if, like, y'all don't work it out, like, it's not your kid's fault that you chose to create the kid, that kind of shit, you know? Now, have I seen you? Per- I am very well aware that you can create fights in your life. Well aware, my sir past is the past but boy oh boy am i aware <laughs> i try Yo, I you try didn't so know me at 27 well you did but you didn't really know me like man a lot of people be like that a lot of people create problems for themselves sometimes on how they react to moments and situations because like yo all of a sudden we go from this sheltered world almost like you were describing with your pills where somebody else is taking care of your shit even if you think about Sejip, right? Like, this is the transition from high school to Sejip. It's just, like, you go from, like, yo, I'm in this super structured fucking school where everybody's taking care of everything for me to you're a fucking adult, young one. Go flounder in the world of pussy and, like, fucking weed and drugs. And, like, yo, Sejip is wildly fun, by the way. Yeah, but I was doing that, like, before Sejip. Like, I was doing that in high school. Like, like... Dude, when I lost my virginity, the world fucking changed. And that was like, now it's just bad decisions on bad decisions. Like, I'm not saying those two things equate, obviously, but it's like, in my life, it was just, I'm out here wilding, dude. Like, I have. Yep. <sighs> I meant yeah, more in I, like the, all of it, right? You're in the land of great up because everyone else is going through it, too. Nobody is like. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I'm saying that because you mentioned like the world of college, and I'm like, I was doing this shit before college. Like, I was like, college wasn't the le- college for me. It wasn't discovering the world you know, of fair, drugs I'm and all those shit. In. My high school is fucking tiny as fuck. Like, I, really I small high so school. my experience is not everybody's. It's pretty like limited, actually. Like once, once I started making real friends in Brossard, Greenfield Park, and I started and like people genuinely wanted to chill with me because like I never really also had that. Like people didn't really want to chill with me. Um, once that started happening, like it was 
basically just go time like where what party can we go to where are we driving around what are we doing like we'd go to school we'd hang out at the malls we'd go to the movies like that was just the life but we'd always be like smoking or drinking or just on the streets doing whatever the fuck like it's like there wasn't much to for me the south shore there wasn't really much to do um i specifically because i had to make sure that i caught a, a bus because I had to take a bus from Panama to get home to my mom's, which was like an hour fucking bus ride away and shit. Fact. So I was also very time sensitive. Um, I mean, I just ended up taking the bus at 1230 every night. And that was just life. Like, I was just like, I'll take it at midnight and go. Um, but there was, I didn't feel like there was much to do besides the generic shit. Like, how many times am I going to go to a movie with friends? Like, okay, I'm bored now. Yo, man, how many times? Bring shit up like that. I like feel like, wow. Because, yo, I ended up in cadets for like all of high school. Now, cadets is wild because you basically got shit to do all school year. And then, hell, even in the well, summer, you're going to go to cadet camp. So, hi, okay, so part of this also, I have to, I guess, explain how this also happens. Um, I've always had cliques. I've always had groups of people at high, during my high school years. Uh, elementary school, I was more like on my own little weird kid. Uh, high school years, it was like I found my two main friends and then we would just kind of like build a clique of people usually it was like four or five girls that we were friends with from different classes and we were just like the three dudes with like five girls just chilling whatever the fuck um crazy as shit i mean i ended up like it always ends up that i'm dating I'm dating like the head girl and I just happen to be the head dude. Like I'm not saying I'm that guy, but it just always felt like Just say you're that guy, you're a fucking rapper. I mean, fair. Like it just felt like, yo, so what's Chris doing today? What's so and so doing today? What are these two? What are what is the couple doing today? What is this happening? And whatever the fuck we would do, it was like, all right, we're just doing this. Get it. Like Bro, I organized this. I got, like, grounded on some dumb shit. Some dumb shit. I got grounded, and I organized this whole, like, wraparound for friends to meet up and, like, parents pick each other up and shit. Like, hold I don't on, know. I on, just hold always... Hold you developed the system for kids to sneak out? Not sneaking out. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. No, 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 no. It was, um... It was, um... for you being that way. Actually... No, you know what's really fucked that you said that? I actually developed my own system to let my best friend fuck my girl, but that's just because I'm stupid. Um, what? What? No, I didn't tell listen. you to say that. Because you said that, though. What? No, it's cool. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm, whatever. Like, I don't even know. They're both idiots, and they move the fuck on. Okay, what? what, uh, what? No. Okay, relax. So, I'm like, I'm, I'm here being like head dude, right? So, like, whatever. Lunchtime, we all meet up. Where's Chris? What's this? Where's so-and-so? What's this? What's this? Uh, one day, I get fucking grounded on some dumb shit because I got suspended from school. So I can't go out, and there's this, like, organization of, like, the gr- the clique of people I'm chilling with are trying to, like, organize for somebody's birthday or some shit. Nobody has any organization skills. I'm there taking about 20 minutes, and I organize people to get picked up and all this shit, all this shit, all this shit. And then turns out my girl cheats on me with my best friend, that thing that I set up. Like I got everybody to meet at the main point and people got picked up and shit like that. And then find out like a month and a half later. Yo, that's not how I expected that story to go based on how 
you you described the setup the way you set it up it was like you were like so i set up a system where like my boy would text me and oh he would come no and okay that, my that i can see how that comes out wrong that is not how it happened it was then, more like then it's like nah i created this dope event for people and my girl cheated on me with my dude because they fuckheads and i'm like that's shitty that's not what i was expecting i feel like my emotions were just torn in a different direction than they were expecting there we go i mean i just have like a lot of a lot of my life was surround was like centered around me and my girlfriend whoever the girlfriend was at the time like that's just a lot of my life within that i would like write a bunch of lyrics write but stories and everybody is like that i think i don't mean everybody i mean a lot of people in a certain age group are super codependent in their relationships and they don't know how to be like individuals working together and those aren't necessarily skills i believe that were like fully thrown upon us because i don't think mm. yo shout out fucking mx south africa with the rating with the party of what AIDS. yo shout out ollie y'all shout out jonko johnson and Dolores. yo i fucks with that I fucks with y'all heavy. This is our stream anniversary, if y'all don't know. As far as interviews go, one year. Well, according to my YouTube shits. Shout out for the resubscribe. Oh my gosh, MX South Africa. What? But yeah, in case y'all don't know. Well, according to YouTube, I put out the interview November 7th. So I'm just running on that date. But we are within a day of one year of streaming interviews live on Twitch. Which kind of changed our lives i would argue because chris has yep. been around the whole time y'all don't know there's there's a real day one this episode one of anything on our channel eminem's first <laughs> eminem's new song chris chrome was there on the couch no we were in chair you guys were on the love seat no. i was in a chair no, we were on the no, we were on the couch in your living room. Oh, fuck we were on the yeah. couch. We, we we bunched up all three of us on the couch in the living room, and the white snowball mic was fucking, yeah, dude, yeah, dude. Oh shit. Yeah, shout out MX. Yeah, he's got to take off. He's in South Africa. We're in Montreal. We all in different vibes. But yeah, New York was amazing. Thanks for the happy belated 34 is old. Chris's is coming up at the end of the month. He'll have an Amazon wish list, or you can all just go copy shit on Bandcamp for his birthday. That would be dope. I don't think I put his Bandcamp in the links thing, but whatever's. Um, that's that's a little pluggy poo for Chrissy Poo over here. But, uh... um, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, I still, um, I still think that, like, wildly, like, nobody was, like, prepared for this new world where, like, everybody independent, the nuclear family role don't make as much sense in the fiscal role distribution, like, the chores, the, the regular shits, um, mm. just all, like, the shit, you know, like, I don't think a lot of us were taught, because, yo, home economics kind of died, right like yeah that was it literally i was so i'm pretty pretty sure like, it was only available in secondary three and then four or five like you didn't get it in sec one or two because like I for kinda, my school yo because i remember like doing this home economic shit in like the early grade seven it was like one year or whatever maybe two years mm. and then it just kind of like died or whatever and like we sewed shorts Bro, I used the sewing machine and shit. And then we had to, like, cook foods. I remember, like, I made, like, fucking French toast. You know, like, 
that was some wild. I'm not saying that like it's the school's responsibility to teach that shit per se, but like if the parents be thinking the school's gonna do it and the school's gonna be thinking that the parents gonna be doing it, I think for a good decade or so there was a hella big miscommunication on what the fuck was up. Then YouTube came, and YouTube taught us all. So it's like who fucking cares? I can go look it up now. You get real brave sometimes with your cooking experiments and how do I fix that and blah 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 blah. But up until YouTube, it was kind of a wild west of like passing the buck. Is my my like analysis of the relationship of education? Cause yo, like a lot of yo, I'll never forget being in grade grade like eleven in English schools in Quebec. You have to like do this standardized essay shit where like they teach you this structure for essays where like you know like. It's five paragraphs long. It's specifically yep, the yep. same bullshit. Shut up for the yep. follow, Jonko Johnson. And it's like, so first paragraph, and it's almost like I could tell you the formula because it's drilled into me. Like no, that the first is, sentence is, is like your thesis opening statement. Then the next three sentences would present your arguments Then a linking sentence. Then that would go into your opening argument for your first point. You do a little quote, a little one, two sentence linking argument and you'd repeat that process for each of the points you referenced in your intro then you'd have this conclusion and you'd wrap that shit up and you had to like pass this giant standardized test this nine hour shits of all this kind of crap whatever whatever then i remember the next year going to sejap and my english teacher was like all that bullshit they taught you fuck that noise it was garbage you're not gonna do any of that and that kind of fucked with me and i lost a lot of faith in education because like what was the point then Right. It was quite literally like you had to do it like this because this is the future only to like the next year have the more educated motherfuckers be like, fuck that noise is is not actually a good way to approach learning. And I'm like, oh, mm. you know, like or like the math wouldn't let you use the damn calculator. Imagine if the math had let you Yo, use the math, calculator. I had the calculator. Math is not my greatest subject. Bro, I learned how to figure like, out I, answers on the calculator. So I had programs that would help me cheat. Right. Because, yo, if you were smart and you had the TI-83, there was, like, a person or whatever. You get, like, the all math or whatever the program's called. Get a couple one-two games up on that bitch. Oh, dude, I have that. I have that calculator somewhere. Um, <laughs> Your face lit up when you were talking about that. Bro, I you started, were like, oh, I yo, let me that. tell you something. I've got this right, right now. Let me tell you something right quick. I was programming a text RPG. In oh my, my calculator in math class. I actually was not learning math. I would sit there in class and I learned because I what I would do is I would open up the game programs and I would look at the right. code. And I realized what if and statements were. And I clicked the basics of fucking like programming clicked in my head so you could create your own apps on this calculator. So I opened right. up the thing and I Yo, bro, you don't understand. It was a text RPG. Like, where do you want to go? And then I would plot it out my whole school. I was trying to, like, build out an attack system. I had an inventory that would use whatever, whatever. Like, if in the back end, if it's number one, bronze sword. If it's number two, next sword. And, bro, it worked. I never finished it because the shit was whatever. I graduated. But I spent, like, a long time building this basics of a text RPG game in, like, a TI-83 where you could wow. actually do some combat you could go and encounter bosses fight them by a random because there's like random number generators and shit if it's this do that if it's that and yo i figured all that out i didn't fucking remember any of the math class shit <laughs> wow oh negative b plus or minus the square root of 2a minus 4ac over something i don't know fucking whatever <laughs>
I don't know. Pathetic. I don't know. I, I, but I'm saying, like, yo, imagine they just taught us how to use the calculator. <laughs> or taught us how to find the answers with the calculator. <laughs> just imagine. Well, the, the, the funniest joke is, like, you shouldn't, you don't need a calculator. You're not always going to have one. And then we all end up with cell phones that have calculators. Bro, it's like, like, I know it's super corny, but it's like that, the, 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 the contradiction that appeared or not the contradiction but like just i don't even know what i'm trying to say it's just funny to me no that is a contradiction it's fucking ironic how life played out given how yo i played magic cards in math class bro like we were real shitheads with this last right. guy one guy I, I mean i slept in math class like i don't I, just to oh be clear God, the only dude, time i started actually, doing we used math, to play backgammon yo i used to you sit there and crazy? play backgammon in physics you know what's crazy? How? Because I only started really learning a bunch of shit when I went to a different high school. Like I left my public high school at secondary three, and I went to uh, the alternate school. Um, but like, the like the classes were smaller. Like we only had ten kids in a class, and I felt like because there was less kids, they were able to teach us more. They were able to like more focus on us. And be able to like help like get us to understand this shit. Maybe like we gotta start looking at a way oh, to restructure hold some on, of these classes. On. Maybe I'm just gonna plug. I was in New York for a quick second because I'm happy and I got back with it. Like yo, I was in New York 24 hours ago, quite literally. Um, I digress. The schools that somebody was describing, it was like 90 kids in a class. Yo, I'm, yo, because we be judging them sometimes, right? Like with educations. I say that fucking bluntly because, yo, I know for a fact that most of my Canadian brethren often judge places that don't match our literacy rates. But, yo, like what you're describing, smaller class sizes got me more attention I needed to focus and get my shit done. Well, it was also because I think, like, the teacher was able to spend more time with me or whoever needed it. Like, you don't have 30 kids to fucking watch over. 90. Yeah, dude, my brain's having an error. That's ridiculous. I was like, I don't. But that's. It was in but I mean, Brooklyn that also. Bronx, Brooklyn, one of them two, and this guy was just telling me about it, and I'm like, ninety kids in your class. That's like a fucking university level, practically. But it's like. That's that's what I was just gonna school. say, like. But the but it's crazy to think that like ninety students at a university level isn't as daunting as 90 students yeah, in a high school a level university also has teaching aids and shit so like there is like a subdivision thing where it breaks down to like 30 people per person kind of thing secondarily mm. you're in fucking university you're kind of supposed to be autonomous at this point and the teacher has hours available and help available to give you what you need but like right. you're kind of supposed to be able to do some shit when you in university but what I'm saying is, like, and in, like, the younger ages, especially in places where maybe there's a lot more single-parent households and a little bit more of a wild environment, um, I just feel like I don't think we all have that perspective. Like, bro, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know how many, like, apartment buildings that were, like, 22 floors high and, like, like each floor clearly had, like, 15 to 20 units on it back to back to back to back it was bro like i thought montreal was big bro it's not big montreal is wide as new york it's not big as new york right and right, i was like right. and that's all residential shits and i was like 
uh, yo, bro, it's baffling to, to try to like consume these numbers and the volume of people going to the same place. Anyway, so with that, it kind of made me just think it out with what you're saying, right? Like people be needing better education assistance. But Quebec, I think it's going to get worse, not better, especially with COVID and how fucking weird that got. Right. Um, I got to take a quick bathroom break. All right. Too. So while Chris is taking one. All right. Chris is back. Back again. Tell a friend. Um, so yeah. Tell all your so, friends. Oh. Bah. I'm pretty sure Ghostface Miller would make a great interview. I saw him do his fucking work. I was already wanting to interview him back there. So that's cool. Ghostface Miller, UK too. I'd just be like, bro, tell me about UK shit. He'd be like, so you mow the grass like this in the UK? And I'd be like, bro, he's talking about the UK lawn mowing shit. You can ask Chris, is that fake? It's not fake. It's not fake. That's actually how it goes down. I just have a good friend of mine who lives in the UK. So that's like, well, actually, I have another friend who lives in the UK. Um, so, like, I, I talk to him and I kind of just know well they vibe out over there. What? Um, I mean, I know y'all do more in the UK, Ghostface Miller. Like, I'm not ignorant to the uk <laughs> we eat fish and chips and drink tea i mean i know y'all probably no i prefer the uk music the uk drill music more than like the american drill music i like montreal I music just, more than all the other musics like i i'm really feeling the uk music that's like in my morning rotation mm. i fucks with that montreal shit but like i get it I get it. UK drill is super dope. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's wild. So, Chris be out there explaining the emotional complexities of Chromtopia to the people. He's like, wait, Chromtopia? Yeah, buddy. I know what Chromtopia is. Why don't you tell the people about Chromtopia? So, Chromtopia is my little world. Uh, quite literally, the world I live in simultaneously in the real world. Um... Can it's we just everything. It's a little bit of a meta thing. Meta. <laughs> oh my god, Yo, bro, you're oh gonna love god. it. I can't wait to make my fucking meta shit. I'm down. I, I, give it to I, me, I, baby. They were uh, they were talking about like the fucking rooms and the ver and the rooms at the meeting conferences things, and I was like, oh, here we go. I'm gonna be in one of these. I'm just like, that's what I'm on. All right, Chris, tell us but about your future meta rooms. Chrometopia is basically just everything um, that I kind of see in my head. Um, it's the world I live in. Um, I've never really seen the real world the way it's supposed to be. And I know that sounds like really fucked up, but it's like, I know what people look like and I know what you look like and you show me photos and all this shit. Fair. But in like my head with like my imagination, it's like I create these like figures and I create these like characters and, and like streets look different and and I just, I don't know, I'm always just kind of like living in my own little head. And um, I felt like I wanted to create my own universe. And Chrometopia is just my universe. Like, it's everything that's all the different sides of me. It's all the different stories. Um, currently, I'm working on, a, uh, on uh, I'm on this run of like apologizing. I've got a lot of, I'm apologizing to some people. Um, within my music um, the the end goal is to be able to look back at Chrometopia and see like 
a full growth of who I am um, from beginning to end in a sense. I'm not saying that like every project I make or video or whatever is in that um, proper timeline, but like everything will eventually come to exist. Like everything, every story I want to say, every feeling, every thought that I had is going to eventually become uh, a thing. And, and, and it's a way for me to find myself essentially. And I guess the biggest thing is love myself again. Um, learn to love the person I am and that I can be. That's cool. pretty much what Chromtopia is. And so if we think about the meta, you can't build out rooms. Be like, bro, this is the on-road meticulous room. And like, you go on like a car. Yo, people be like wildly like skeptical. I'm like, y'all see a Travis Scott show? I'm not trying to go there oh, with I the news. That. We're not, we're no. But I'm saying, did you actually watch any of the footage, bro, and see the show? I mean, the footage I saw was all bad. Like, it was all bad. Oh, the, like, I saw the know, part somebody where. Somebody uploaded the whole concert. Like, I just right. like the whole stream. And, like, the light show, the fucking level of everything. I'm like, yo, I can't afford what he does in real life, but I could do that in VR with one programmer. Facts. Facts, 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 facts. People be, like, wildly, like, acting like this shit's trash. I'm like, nah, G. I'm waiting. Give it to me. Just give me the tools and fucking help me do it. Actually, just, I'd pay fucking Facebook if there was an easy way. Sorry. Meta or whatever the name is. <laughs> it's Facebook to us. It's not anymore. Bonnie saw the Instagram thing was opened up and it was the new name and it was not the same no more. But like, oh god. Um, I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah, man, those tools seem litty. Like, imagine like with your imagination and you were able to like, because I know you y'all don't know maybe but crispy like one of them visualized motherfuckers right where like he be listening to music and he'll hear like one bar and he'll forget about the rest of the song and just invent a story in his head it makes for very strange album reviewing skills but it makes for really inventive and entertaining imagination um it's it's part of my creative process and understanding things. Um, everything I write is in a story fashion. Everything I, I want to create has to have some sort of uh, beginning, middle, and end in some sort of way, even if there's like a cliffhanger or, or like a part two to come or something. Um, it's just how I've always guess I've seen the world. Like, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like I came to realize that the world's a really like dark place uh, at a young age. And I guess I started just creating this like happy place in my world, in my mind uh, and starting to try to project that out to, for lack of a better word, survive, I guess. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm fucking in like the roughest parts of whatever, but it's just like to kind of just get by, just get, get through the day, the week, keep moving forward and you know I look back on my life and it's like I think of when I used to play with Legos and I was creating these like castles and these buildings and these like mansions and I I just always had this like like I've always had these grandiose dreams of wanting things that I can create and I feel like I've never let that go um, it takes me forever to like, I guess, start to get into that motion and, and really fulfill whatever. 
Uh, but every every step that I take, I feel is one step closer to building my own Chromtopia, to building my own little world, even no matter how long that takes. I know this Chromtopia record shit gonna be coming someday. It's it's Chromtopia it's all in time. Chromtopia films. I need to. I, I know that I, I take I, I take a long time to get all the ball rolling on things and it's something I'm trying to change. Uh actively trying to work on really like trying to stay focused and, and keep pushing through um whatever waves of like sudden shifts I have in my brain, uh in my and just my my heart, my my body, the way I just like suddenly feel get heavy and just don't want to do this anymore or I don't want to really lean on like depression, but I guess for lack of a better word, like just little waves of like depressive moments or anxiety moments, try to stay focused through those and get and push through that. And just one step at a time, like just one step at a time. I know I'm going to eventually be able to build my own little world and maybe have my own, just because we talked about the astral world, make my own little theme park or whatnot. You don't want a theme park? I do, but I want a theme park like um, the one in ah, fuck, Quebec City, like inside the mall. Um, like I don't want like a huge. Um, there's a I I went to Quebec City on a field trip uh, with my school and elementary school. Let's define a field trip. I don't know if other people call it field trips. Now I'm learning that people not be calling shit all the same shit. Uh, I so we used to call it a school a school field trip where we would just go somewhere. Um, it could be anywhere from like just I guess to like the factory because we're having like we're gonna go learn about whatever factory or we're going to like some amusement place for the day or if we're like I don't know like it it it, it depends. Um. But yeah, I, for me, I've always just called it a school field trip. Like that was just what I grew up knowing, I guess, from cartoons as well. They used to call it that too. Right. Like when I say recess called it that recess was a good show. Recess but like, is an amazing show. I love recess. Um, but like, which recess? I just always called it that. Uh, I always thought I was the main one. Like I thought I was the dude with the red hat. Like that just always felt me to be there like he got in trouble he was always rebellious he was always like but not not like in a bad way he's just like he didn't understand why everybody followed the rules this is how i kind of looked at it he was always the guy outside the box yes everybody had their own little like traits and, and questions and whatever but like he's just always the one that really to me was just like like everybody would question the scenario, but he would take it a step further. Like he'd really go beyond. And I've always like just kind of overthink it. He'd just overthink everything. And that's why I guess I related to him was just dude, I see myself in this kid and or at least this character. And yeah, that that that's what I would say. It was my favorite one. I like them all though, but I feel like TJ. I like them. That's who it is. Yes, TJ. Chris, you're um, a TJ. Well, why was I saying that? I was saying something. You were saying you were a TJ. That is quite literally what you were describing, was being the TJ. Right, no, but that led into something. Field trips, right, field trips. Um, so um, we went to Quebec City, and my mom ended up being one of, like, the monitors, the people who just kind of, like, looked out for the yeah. kid. We had, like, a group of friends. Parent monitor um, people. What up, cat? What up, Nina? 
Ninas. Okay, at least just put like your tail down or something. Or keep your tail up. Yeah. People like cats. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so we went to Quebec City, and something that stood out in Quebec City was the mall. They had like their own little world in the mall. Um, like just like I don't even know how to explain it, dude. Like, it's just their own little world. Like, they had the food shops. They had the food, like, the food court. They had all these things. But, like, there's this one roller coaster that goes through the mall. So you're saying, like, like, Quebec City inspires you? Quebec City. Well, that, and then my uncle moved out to Alberta. And then, like, there's the Quebec City to be, like, the spot? For Chris, like, was anyone else out there well, expecting to, to it to be, be to Quebec be fair, City? Was so so. Okay, so like, to be fair, I don't know if it was city. actually. But wait, wait, I don't know if it was actually Quebec City. I mean, I went to fucking Walt Disney World four times in my life, like as a child. So I've been around amusement no, parks. You said Quebec growing city. up. You cited that shit. You know yes, because you're yes, because you're right. Because I wanted the world inside the mall. Because I wouldn't actually want, like, like a Florida World, it's like different. Disney World it's thing. Not, yeah. It's Quebec City. And it, to, I want, like, one time for, like, cadets as we did some fucking like, drill, the marching shit. So we did, like, synchronized marching routines. And I got to participate. Right. Went to Quebec City. We lost in the competition there. It is, yo, but the people who won, bro, it was, like, some top-tier shit. We were not top-tier shit. We were humbled AF. It was, like, the first time I left my city and got smoked. Like smoked, mm-hmm. like saw the level of competition when it's not just local. Smoked happened a few times in Quebec, in cadets actually, but like, I, I had to say, you went to the field trip, you saw the mall, Quebec City changed your life, and maybe more people should check out Quebec City because it's kind of beautiful, all things considered, and they have a dope ass music festival every year. There's um something that stood out to me. There's a fucking, this is so random. There's a tree. In Quebec City, that has a cannonball uh, that's stuck within its roots, and it's like the cannonball is like kind of just popping out uh, onto the street. I, like it's not not like popping out. Like, oh, it's gone. Is the oh. cannonball gone or the music festival gone? Because it could be like the music festival is gone because of COVID. Oh, well, when I went, it was it was cool. Like it was like a a tourist attraction like when they brought us on this whatever walk or whatever they like stopped us and was like this is the cannonball and it's stuck in the tree and it's like right there like, touch it oh the tree cool. she's talking about the tree was cut down and it's in the news chris you got to see some shit that people ain't gonna see that's like styling on some motherfuckers yes stung on them you'll make a track called asada quebec cannonball yeah, fuck y'all can't see that shit. I'm lit. Bars. Bars. Um, yeah, I mean I've seen I've seen a few things, I guess. Well other I've, things have uh, you seen? People love to travel vicariously through you is the big lesson of my week. Um I I mean I've been to I went on a cruise to the Mexican islands. I went to Honduras. Bro. I went to New Mexico. Kind of cruise ship. How big was um, it? It's just as big as the Mickey Mouse Disney one. It's just as big as the Mickey Mouse Disney one. If not, it's like the sister ship. 
I can't remember. It's like multiple floors. Multiple floors. Um, two two separate multiple floors. Jesus Christ, two separate um buffet places with all the different um all the different shops. Uh, they had like six pools all on the main all on the main uh the main deck of like where everything would I guess be. Uh, they had, um, and captain's night, we all like, there was like two groups. So they would cut the ship up in half in groups and you would have, uh, I guess dinner with the captain, uh, five course meal, whatever it is you choose. Um, that's the first time I drank long Island iced tea. Huh? I, Jesus fucking Christ. I could have walked straight that whole night. Especially when the boat was like, and and it was like the worst night to drink too, because the like we were hitting rocky waves. Like, it was like drunk ass Chris. Like, oh. Well, it got to a point. Like, it got to a point where when you were sober, you were fucking up. But we got to the point of so drunk that we were actually kind of walking straight at one point. Like we just kind of went with the waves. That like we just yeah. Um, Honestly, and this is just like my own whatever. Before I left, everyone's like, "So how are you gonna like smoke on the boat? What's gonna happen? Like you're gonna go a week without smoking weed?" And I was like, "Bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna find. Like, don't worry. Like, I'm going to figure this out. Whatever." Day two, day two of being on the boat, being on the boat, uh, walking to the casino. I don't even know what the I. Why were we there? I don't know what's happening. Like, so you we I don't even know what fucking floor we were on first. Press the, the elevator, get in the elevator, click whatever random button, doors open up, it's the casino. We walk right through, and as we're walking right through, there's like these two dudes, they're like blowing money on fucking games, just chucking it, getting super smashed. Oh, awesome people. We walk up to I walk up to one of them, like, hey, do you have a cigarette? He's like, Yeah. Do you guys smoke? And I'm like, smoke what? And then he's like, oh, good question. I got an eighth of this, whatever. I can't remember the name. But he's like, I got an eighth of whatever, Kush, this, that, whatever. So the guy I'm with, and coincidentally, the guy I'm with is from Shamity. So I'm with like a local, and he's all telling me about Shamity and how they're, they're all gangsters and all this stuff and that whole life there. So like... We're all chilling out because we're basically all from Montreal, the whole clique. And it's like basically my family, him, I think his sister and some other girl. Um, yeah, we end up going back and we got some like California. I'm pretty sure it's from California. I want to say that. I think they drove down from somewhere, whatever. We got some kush and then we ended up being able to smoke there. Uh we ran out fairly quickly because it was only a three and a half. That's when I learned that an eighth was a three and a half. Um, then day three, dude from Shamity comes back with like two zips from an island. Don't ask questions. Don't know how. He's like, but, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, but two zips fucking straight from some dude on the island. That's it. We're good for the whole trip. How and much is the two zips of island tourist weed. I don't know. I didn't ask. You I was like, how the to go f- I was. You have to. I, I don't. I don't know. I will figure it out. Fine. But I was more concerned of like, how the fuck did you not 
they get caught like they scan you like when you when you come back onto the boat they like kind of pat you down sort of like they check your shit to make sure you're not bringing anything that you're not supposed to i don't know how he did it but he ended up bringing in fucking two zips so we were we were pretty cool with that that was pretty dope we got caught i got oh my god i got into an awkward conversation um something was happening i was having a fucking moment and then my mom turns around and she's like oh shut the fuck up you've been smoking all week i was like what like what how and then i look over oh my god not doing i didn't even look over i was like i take the l leave i go back to my room at one point and i'm switching through the channels on the tv bro four channels are different cameras on the tv on the fucking boat so your mom we got caught randomly by my mom flicking through channels and going hey that's the boat hey that's my son hey that's my son smoking on a boat Ah, that's hilarious, Chris. Why? Why me not why? That's funny. That's hilarious. But it's a good lesson to the world. Everybody, let's learn from Chris's blunder. Like, we should learn from our blunders. If you're on the boat, make sure to watch where the cameras be at before you go smoke. Oh, yeah. After that, once I got caught, I was like, yo, fuck this. We're going to the corners. We're, we're going to, like... So Can we just oh, shout out so how your mom and them let you do it? They probably had a whole ass conversation. I mean, Chris is yeah. Weed on the boat. Just yeah. Like He's making memories for this brother. Like, Just let like, him. Like... And then you were being a. I didn't ruin your fight, and you heard the subtext <laughs> of that. And I was like, okay, mom, I'll stop being a wanker. You did uh, ruin no, my, my mom's. My mom's a fucking G. I'll tell you that. My mom's a gangster, bro. I do not fuck around. That is. That's oof. hilarious. I mean, <sighs> you make. I mean, I looked it up. And there are no weed cruises. But the second it gets federally legal in the States, they may make weed cruises. And I may be willing to shell out some real money to go on some cruise where it's got, like, open dank bar. Like an open something, bar for um, dank. Something uh, else happened on the cruise. Somebody got lifted up by a helicopter because they passed out. And um, they, were in the, they were in the casino. They were drinking, whatever, doing the thing. And... Um, super smashed one of the the one of the waves that hit the boat like kind of got us really fucking rocking and i don't i don't remember i'm i'm just gonna say dude i don't know if it's a guy or a girl but dude ended up like smacking his head on the floor and then like had to be rushed to the to the the infirmary at the bottom there uh if i'm not mistaken the infirmary is on the lower lower decks uh at least for this one because i remember like that was the only floor we we got super bored and we're trying to play like fucking find each other in the in in the boat. So we were like running across the boat trying to find each other fucking on all floors just out of boredom. And whenever we went to the bottom floor, it was always the infirmary. It was a pretty interesting time. Super uh, interesting. I mean, you were on a boat. On a boat. Take a good high. I got to... Um, I got to make a playlist. Well, not playlist, but like I was for a good like ten minutes. I was like requesting music for the for the DJ. Something like happened. Something happened, and like they needed tracks. And like me and my cousin like ran up, and we were just like, "Play this! Play this! Play this! Play this!" Yo, sometimes it's good to be bold and take advantage of opportunities and moments like that. 
Oh, I mean, like, it, it, I, that, I, that was the one, that was one of the times in my life that I felt like I could do anything because I'm like, it's me and a bunch of these people on the boat with nowhere to go. Like, no matter what ends up happening, it's an experience. And then we're all going to, like, not see each other ever again. Mm. Like, that's that's kind of how, kind of how I looked at that. Um, then I came back uh, off the cruise. And the night I came back, I wasn't even at home for like less than fucking five seconds i showed up dropped off my clothes hopped in a different car and i was back out with the homies and disappeared on my on my family for like a week again that's fair that's yeah i was yeah a lot of uh a lot of like my teenage years and a lot of like uh 17 uh 19 18 19 20 21 around there maybe even like 22 um was the just, just out on road just out on road doing whatever the fuck it was whatever anybody wanted to do uh, a lot of it was just kind of chilling with one or two people in a car s- smoking some weed by the water spitting freestyles uh you know yeah, that was kind of just my life up until I met you, I would say. Was, roughly. I mean, roughly. I ruined Chris's fun. I want you all to know that. I ruined all of his fun. Nah, it's just, I didn't really know what, like, I could rap as a kid, and I was able to, like, rap as a teenager, and, like, I was writing music and writing songs, and, like, speaking of, of tizzy right me and tizzy used to rap with each other back in the day like when we were running in the same click no tizzy fields tizzy Tizzy fields tizzy i'm like the worst at this um me and tizzy fields mad love to him mad love to Clanada, deuce god and park lurker um mad love to them but me and tizzy used to like rap at each other for like fucking days like we used to like we used to meet up uh near the the gpk skate park around his place and uh gpk is greenfield park um and um just chill like my girlfriend would call me and be like i'm here with whoever other girls she's with who are chilling with tizzy and i would show up and then we'd all just kind of just chill and same shit smoke weed drink and me and me and tizzy would rap and then Crystal. <sighs> that's not actually what happened. That's that's like not really what happened. Like I, lo- I love dub, you, man. Tizzy. Bro, that's but that's like whatever. I'll take the dub. Why I'll take the dub. A good story. I asked this guy what blah blah embarrassing story about because he stole my girl. I'm like <laughs> that's what it is. <clears throat> Chris has uh, like told me was... the full story in excessive detail every time I bring this up. It is what it is, man, and that's a whole, that whole relationship in itself changed my entire life, and I have not been the same since that, and now I'm coming back to being the same. Bro, you've had, like, 17, this entire thing changed my life moments in this No, but, like, I, 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 something I realized, um, recently was, like, something, there was a point in my life that I really, like, something changed, like, I, I, 
I'm not the same cocky person I used to be. I'm not the same filled with confidence and all this shit. Like I'm just like isolated, anxiety, paranoid for no fucking reason. Like I can't like, like I, I, I'm not good with jokes. I'm not good with compliments. I'm not good with like criticism and shit, unless you're like somebody I deem specific, like deem part of my life, part of my circle, like put you on that type of thing like but people be acting like wildly friendly like i go through a lot of moments where people believe that because of something i may have said or behaved in a particular way in their direction that they have a sense of entitlement on how they can speak to me with regards to like their opinion where i almost never ask for anyone's opinion on most shit because i don't really fucking care to be real with most people like you'll know mm. if i want your opinion because i'm gonna fucking ask for it otherwise i probably don't equate the level of experience you have on the subject to where it needs to be to really go through that you know like but people be no, wildly, like making jokes that are cruel like people think they're funny but they're really just kind of like oh i'm an asshole blah. I'm like, cool. Go like, that off. was... Like, nobody... I, I mean, in my opinion, most people don't like that past a certain age, you know? But, like, people also don't accept a lot of things that are different. So, you're, like, you go back to your, like, earlier points of the ostracization against normal society. It's like, yo, when you be smoking weed before it's legal, people be judging you. It gets legal. Everyone thinks you're cool for it. Literally, people think so I'm like, cool for how many joints I can knock back on an interview. And I kind of look at them like, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I'll smoke um, a lot. But, like, okay, that's kind of corny. But What's crazy to think, though, just with, like, the way people treat people, I feel like there was this, like, within my friend group, right, which has drastically gotten super small over the time span from, like, when I was, like, fucking 16, right? Um, there was this like weird idea that it was like because we're dudes, we were like we were supposed to act this way again, like with each other. And I'm like okay with poking fun, making jokes, you know, like that's all good. But to a level of like, yo, know, I don't know how many fucking times I've had my friends question my intelligence on some shit that I was like, yo, I'm telling you, this is what it is. I mean, like. like there's a sense of, I think, like... Well, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, that's shit. like one, right? Because, like, yo, people be wildly cruel because, like, it's a normalized behavior of a survival in the fittest mentality type shit. It's like, yo, like... But it's like, there's, there's a lot of, like, okay, so I, I, it's more than just... Like, I was bullied growing up. That's that's one thing. So, obviously, I don't like being made fun of and I don't like being bullied. That, like, triggers whatever PTSD I still fucking hold. But, like, in some sort of way, it's, like, my group of friends, that's kind of just what we did. Like, we just, we would make fun of each other. But it got to a point where I started believing a lot of this shit. Right. Like it just it became repetitive and a lot of the jokes became repetitive and I became the butt of every joke. I became like in some in some things that like weren't even fucking funny, like some shit that like makes no relevant like has no relevancy to anything what we're doing, but just throw Chris in there because it's funny that it happens to Chris. And I, mean, I feel like I 
feel like a lot of those circumstances end up being like you get reinforced behavior. This like like I'm sure there's a degree of Chris did some shit that was whatever involved in <clears> to like get the reaction. Of course, but I don't know, man. Well, like, that actually that's where I like, was like, yo, when you look at all the little ones today. And you look at all the safe space shit and everybody is attacking it. I'm like, hold up. I like that better because y'all don't really want me reacting the way my head reacts to some shit. Y'all wouldn't like, like that's kind of (laughs) like where I was going with that is like, so I would eat a lot of shit or I would just enjoy whatever comments, jokes or pathetic attempts to whatever. But it's like, if I, if I flip and I switch, I I'm I'm a little bit worse. Not saying that it's like a one-up contest, but it's like when I'm like arguing with my friends, it's like I I go into this weird like rage mode where it's like I'm just now saying shit to hurt your feelings. Like I don't even give a fuck if it's like right or wrong. I'm just trying to go at you now. Yeah, it's people and it's expect just... like everybody to have the same sense of like understanding and nuance and shit. Mm. So it's like. I feel like there's like a, it's like a learned situation. Like depending on how you grew up, you might have just gone through a situation where you just had your like squad and everybody did that shit and it was just normal, and you developed the skin for it. But like personally, I did not. So I got to this point in life later on where it's like, yo, I'm listening to the words you're saying because everybody's mm. always like, shut the fuck up and listen to me. My whole life, like, shut the fuck up and listen. So I finally start shutting the fuck up and listening to the words that these people be using in their jokes and shit. And, like, people be wildly cruel. Now, whether or not that's cool, that's how people is, whatever, whatever. But, like, it's why I don't think a lot of shit's funny. Because I don't necessarily get off on that shit. I mean, I get why people do. But really, I find it, like, a low self-esteem, low dick energy move to, like, laugh at people who are lesser than you for the sake of it. and Which is often, or, like... You know, like, it's just not cool to me. Like, as I get older also, and I get where I'm at in life, it's, like, harder. Because, yo, like, I don't know why people come at me with Like, when have I given the illusion that I'm, like, <laughs> yo, people be widely, like, you trying to be funny or what? I'm, no, I'm never trying to be funny. I promise you. Okay, that's not true. If you see me busting a fat smile or whatever, I try to make it kind of obvious because I'm trying to be more approachable. <laughs> right, right. But like, I mean, like, yeah, people be wildly, like, on some, like, agreed upon shit. But when I started, like, reading the terms and conditions of life, as they say, I was like, that's some whack shit when you really think about it fundamentally. I don't know if I adhere to it as much personally. Something that really also stuck with me, and I guess this is, like, with a lot of, I guess, musicians or rappers or whatnot, is, like, the lack of support from a lot of my friends. Like, I have my core people who to this day are still around because it's just been pure support all the way and mutual on both sides. Like I'm there for him. I'm there for her. They're there for me. It is what it is. But I feel like just this idea that there feel like a lot of people in groups or in cliques, they, they, they make fun of the person who's trying to do something different or that doesn't align with what they believe can be possible. Yeah. Like, the amount of times the amount of times I was told by like people I respected or at least I thought I did and like was friends with that I'm like a garbage rapper but then getting recognition from random people who are like nah you're you're not the best but you're like like you can rap like you know what you're fucking doing it's just it's just a weird like 
worlds it's a weird world that i got myself caught into because it's like am i really good do i really care about this this like these these opinions their respect the way that like so i think that's something like a lot of people deal with but it's also like wildly like yo why should my friends give a shit no i don't mean like fans or people in my circle of music peers that i because that's like like a career thing right like typically motherfuckers don't care about your job right like typically but they want you to care at least the people i people i had i dealt with growing with within this timeline and like at this time in my life and shit it's like it's like y'all don't really care about my efforts to make music or to write lyrics or to try to do this this and that but y'all are ready to like ask me to care about your efforts to want to whatever learn this fucking trick learn this this learn this kind of like that in a sense but like Mm -hmm. the other side of it is like and this is just in defense of people because i do think that sometimes as artists and types of people like yo i put in so much fucking work into my shit and like then you go somewhere like new york and you're like shit eh i ain't done shit but really Mm. like is it impressive is it cool when everybody's doing shit It's like effort isn't the metric of like anything. And I think sometimes we put this like, yo, I don't think my dude James likes my music that much. I think he like spins it a one too because I don't think he gets my music like in the level that I do because we just in different spheres. So it's like, the mm. fuck am I going to do? Waste time trying to get him to like my shit. Like it's a waste of time. It's like a stupid expectation to put on him. It's not his fault. I'm not his friend. Yeah. What does that have to do with what I do and what he does? I don't give a shit about half of his shit. I'm going to look at his fucking comic book bullshit and be like, mm, mm-hmm. that's some comic book bullshit. Go you. Go find some fucking friends that know about comic books, dude. I don't know shit all about this. <laughs> it's like my fuck. But like, I'm also the mm-hmm. type of person where, like I said before, I don't give a fuck about most people's opinions on shit. I either really think you're doing way better than me, and then I give a shit about your opinion. Or you're literally where I'm at or not. And it's like, well, you know how to get to where I'm at. What is your opinion going to do? Is my opinion on opinions? Like, I -hmm. think experts be experts for reasons. And people be wildly acting like all opinions are like fucking equal and shit. So we spend so much time focusing on the wrong opinions. Like, I give a shit what Ismail Gudamsi thinks. Because that dude put dollars behind his vote kind of thing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that guy clearly is an opinion who I should consider. Is it the only opinion? No, fuck no. But like, I take it more seriously than say person who wasn't willing to do that because right. clearly he right. feels the content is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, when I talk to like artists and rappers and shit, like, I mean, there's ones that I think know about music, ones that I think know about this. So I ask maybe about particular things, but I don't know if we do ourselves justice by like actually seeking the approval of our friends and the people in our peer networks, because frankly, most of these people don't care and might not even know you if it wasn't for the circumstances that forced you into that immediate circle. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've like created this society where these arbitrary connections mean more than they do. Like, there are moments where your shit's That's bonds, something I feel like... You know? Like, there's real like... bonds with some people. But you gotta, like, fucking... If you ain't screamed in a motherfucker's face type shit, or broken into some fight, or wanted to... If you haven't wanted to slit a motherfucker's throat at some point, I don't even think it's real. 
I mean, I agree with that. Like, there's a lot growing up and 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 dealing with, and that that to me loops back to my disassociation problem with like being living in Canada and then moving to the states and then just like moving from like city to city and all this shit. It's like I don't think I struggled for a long time not thinking that all these people around me are permanent. Like y'all were temporary. Like sorry to say, but it was just how my brain works. Like when I was 15 and I was dealing with whoever I was dealing with at 15, it's like, if this does happen to move forward and these people are permanent, then fine. Like that's what it is. But I, I never really truly felt like anything was permanent up until, you know, like I, like I, I can only use my best friend about this, but it's like, He's the only one who to this day is still around. No, but even He's... like to add to what you're saying, bro, I went from fucking going to Wager and Cote St. Luke and living in that part of town and going to Kidesso there. Then I moved to Dollard, right? And I spent the next five years in the West Island. My whole ex-life, I and mean, we're talking Montreal, just moving to the West Island. And it's like all of a sudden, like I'm too far. It's like all of a sudden you're too far. And all of your friendships just dissipate because, like, honestly, ain't none of y'all really willing to travel an hour and a half to go see each other. And then you, That's... you in the West, you into this, you into that. So, like, and then all of a sudden, after five years there, I moved back to, like, NDG land, right? And then I hopped to Verdun. And, like, every time I moved, just around Montreal, it seemed like anybody that I knew based on geography or based on occupation or based off a hobby, it was like, yo, as long as it was mutually beneficial or convenient to like be in the circle, we became clicked up. Otherwise, it was like, the fuck is this shit? Now, as time goes on, I've tried to like find people really to like, you know, be more than just that. But like the way motherfuckers be acting with each other, it's like everything just feels like unless it's convenient, like nobody really wants to like triple the fuck down and suffer a little bit in the, in the trenches so, like so some okay so remember how i brought up earlier like i have this weird disconnect with like the south shore right so right around the time i think we met i was living in ville saint laurent um and it was then that i started realizing that a lot of my friendships in the shore and a lot of like my experiences and memories were all very just temporary and they like they didn't like that that uh, that's kind of like my past life that i was trying to explain earlier in the interview is like that those no those no longer exist cuz when i came to montreal i started getting jobs in montreal and stuff and and and, and all this the people i met we we clicked better with just with music like i started like from the last interview I, I was part of a whole music group called cloud nine music group like people to this day like i still talk to chris cash the gifted like we're still homies maybe not on some everyday shit but like if i i i feel like if i ever needed a beat or anything and i go to him we can cut a deal we can do this if i needed a verse it wouldn't be a hassle because that was something solidified we were cool. There may be some other people from the group that not so much, but it's like, it, it, it didn't feel as, as temporary or as like less tangible than on the shore for me, at least. And then, you know, me, uh, me and the girlfriend at the time when who was living in Ville Saint Laurent, we break up and I go back to the shore. Everything was just different. Like for myself, it's like I didn't really relate to the people anymore. I didn't know what was going on. I 
I'm out here now, like, like I'm out here, like learning different, just my experience, right? Like I'm learning different cultures. I'm learning different languages. I'm learning different things on how people think and act. And like, there's more movement in the city than there is in South Shore. And there's just everywhere and there's attitudes and, and personalities and all this shit. It's like, I became a completely different person and I go back to the shore and I'm just like, and no offense to anybody on the shore, but like, this place sucks. Oof. Like, this place is, like, trash. Like, I fucking hate it, dude. Like, I absolutely, anybody who is maybe watching this right now who knows that, what I, like, who brings me to the shore, they know I don't like going anywhere but your house. I'm going to your house. I'm going to my mom's house. I'm going to my, I don't even have, I haven't even been to my dad's place because, like, he just comes to me because he knows I don't fucking like the shore. But it's, like, if I'm not, if I have to walk around the shore, if I have to, like, take a bus or whatever i i try to find every way not to because i just i can't take it like i i'm a completely different person and that's where i think is part of my issue is that like instead of being so rejecting of it i should try to find a way to kind of like grow from whatever it is i'm rejecting from that that's probably gonna make your life more enjoyable yeah i know just on some i know like- Damn, it would sometimes be simpler to take a little waxy poo. Yeah, I don't know. There's like memories and stuff I haven't got, I haven't let go of, and I just walk through the shore sometimes, and I just kind of like see like flashes of like shit that dude. You go take some fucking free beats you find from one of these free beat motherfuckers, walk through the shore, and write the wildest shit. I mean, that's like coming, sort of. <laughs> I'm currently like I'm working on two projects right now simultaneously, because um, they kind of bleed into each other in a way. But um, I'm working on the Skin Deep project, and I'm working on the Wayne Hayes. I hope I said that right. Yeah. I don't actually know how to. I don't know how to say, say it either. This guy just showed up. I'm pretty sure it's because of BTS. I don't know who. I mean, is. yo, but homie's cool. Homie's cool. Super I woke up talented, one morning. Bro. Super talented beats are fire. I woke up one morning and he was just like, I I, Twitter out of all things. I don't even like, I'm never on that. And he's like, yo, I sent beats to your Google drive. Let me know what's up. And I was like, I lock it in. I got you. you. Let's do this. So now I'm Chris Crumbs. I recorded over the weekend. Over the weekend, I recorded uh, Float Away. Um, Spit something. Uh, too many cloudy days, too many shades of gray, too many colors that I just want to throw away. Imagine the canvas just asked me if I was okay. Well, clearly not. Uh, no, fuck. Like, imagine the canvas just asked me if I was okay. I was stumped with only this stuff to say. Well, clearly not. I'm voicing my thoughts through tangled knots brought to you by where the wild things are left to trot. While palming sour tangerine under stormy palm trees, fighting the breeze while twisting up these different leaves. And then um, it goes into like the chorus, the hook. Um, but the second verse actually, um, it's more like spoken poetry, something I've been really just feeling lately. Uh, but it's more like a, a flashback um, to one night that I'm, I'm spending with a girl. Mm. And... Um, I'm basically apologizing to her because I know she wants me to stay for the night, but I can't. So, like, I'm essentially apologizing to her. And um, 
I like used my ad libs and I'm like, I'm, I'm saying sorry in my ad libs. Uh, and then the, um, the core, the hook comes in. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's actually a really cool song. Cause like anybody who does know me, like the intro of the track, it's me on a phone call and That's fire. She, she calls me and I was like, I'm like, yo, hold up, hold up. Like, like I'll call you back. Like, hold up. And then like, she hangs up cause I didn't pick it up in time. And I'm like, uh, no worry about it. Like, you already know who's calling me. Like, the person's trying to figure out. I'm like, you already know who it is. Like, let me just call her back. Like, I'll hit you up. Like, don't worry. Let me let me call her back. And then the song starts. Um, and then at the outro, it's like I call I call whoever back. And I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, you know, I had to call her. I had to. So um, the Luane Hayes is actually a three piece project. Um, they're all in a way apologetic love letters i would say uh something that i i i needed to get out um a, a, a lot of like i'm right now i'm in like a really personal bag for some reason i decided um i'm gonna get like super personal and just be like really really honest with myself cool. and a lot of um it started it, it started off with the skin deep project actually like i heard i have a banging track on this skin deep project and it is so like I I love this song so much um, that inspired me to take the route I'm now taking. Um, and I kind of like I'm making a song. <clears throat> I'm making a song where I break the timeline. Um, like I kind of go back in time to try to talk to myself, and like I'm trying to fix it. So I acknowledge I'm actually breaking the timeline. Um, I'm like exposing uh, myself in certain relationships where I fucked up and I'm taking accountability for, um, yeah, like I'm kind of diving into like my childhoods a little bit, trying to be like, like just truthfully, just be very honest. Um, and then when Luane Hayes sent me the three pack, they just, they just really like spoke to me in a way like i really really felt like his beats and i, I was like no nah, i'm just like this this is just gonna be like the three pack to get it started that's dope so i, I look forward to hearing I, that, all of that yeah i do try to plan on getting the three pack out as soon as possible it's almost finished i do have uh one more track to record um but the skin deep project i'm aiming for my birthday no quotes nobody quote that and don't deadline me off don't deadline me off after this fucking call but um i am get it out i um yeah that's that's my goal is for my birthday november 29th i want to drop the skin deep project um yeah and yeah no that's that's like so, something has to come out i've uh i've been feeling certain ways about just my life and shit and i just need to tell them need to get it out there I, I, you know, what's crazy is like, I was telling somebody recently, like, I think it was last night at the party, dude was asking me about like my music. Um, he's like, how comfortable, something about like, how comfortable are you with like what you say in your music? And I was just like, I have to be a hundred percent honest and comfortable and brutally honest with myself in my music so that when I listen back at it. It's like Chris Chrome is telling Christopher Johnson what's up. And I can't argue it because I can't argue, like, I can't argue with Chris Chrome. Like, I mean, I could, but that's just a psychological battle I don't want to have right now. Yeah. But, like, 
I like I use it to kind of because once it's out it's out you know what I mean like once I put it on Spotify once it's on SoundCloud and all the other platforms and shit it's like people are now going to listen to that people are now going to hear me say these things it's it's reality now like it's reality it's it's somebody's going to maybe one day maybe and be like yo what did you mean in this line who are you talking about this and I have and 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 you don't have to tell them. I don't have to, but it's like you probably shouldn't tell people. I have to be I I have to be okay. Oh, how do I say this properly? I want to know that I'm gonna be okay if that question comes up. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shrink into this weird like fucking whatever fetal position and feel like nah, i'm still it. running away you from whatever sat it is here for like two and a bit hours exposing your fucking soul you're gonna be fine no i know i'm not i'm not no i again I'm, I'm not explaining it properly what i'm saying is is like when somebody asks right. me the question like yo who are you speaking about like because this happened recently like somebody literally called me on and was like yo who are you talking about in this verse and i was just like But like, I want to, I want to, for myself, I want to get to a point where I don't do that. I don't have to, like, it's my decision if I tell you or not, but I don't want to let myself Yeah, you can ball up just say that. it's not about a specific person. That's a good move. Because like, sometimes it's about whoever the fuck it's about and they can just wear shoes. And if the shoe fits, then go fuck yourself. The shoe fits. I mean, there's that too. There's that too. What's up, little Alice? What's up? Welcome. Um, I'm dying. I'm like fucking crying, dying. I can see my face. Bro, I'm dying too. I have a headache. I'm like, like holding. It looks bored as shit. No, for the I'm gonna say it one more time. Twenty four hours ago, I was still in New York City. (laughs) So we flew out after. We didn't even get to the airport yet. We were still shopping at this point. I think. So I'm still like I'm fucking zonked. So this is longer, and I'm, I'm like crashing, and I'm not sure I can survive more interview. To be honest with everybody out there in the fucking world, but yeah, no, this is fun. I appreciate Chris. Y'all can like follow his shit at Chris Chrome ninety three. Right, simple. Chris Chrome ninety three. Easy peasy. Please talk to me on Twitter. Nobody this can is, hear you when you do this because it sounds like shit. <laughs> Please talk to me on Twitter. I'm yeah. bringing this back. Yeah, I've been trying. And every fucking review is, and somebody just tweet me. And like, nobody ever did. Like, nobody ever tweeted ever me. Fucking did. <laughs> it, shows, it shows my gumption, though. It shows that I'm dedicated to getting people to talk to me on Twitter. I let it go for a bit because I got busy. Yeah, but then again, no. somebody talked to you on Twitter after all that time and sent you a three pack. Yep. So shut the fuck up. Sent me a three pack. Right. It is. Hold it my is what it is. My face turn purple. <laughs> purple. Uh, empty my voice into the void. Small miracles getting right. destroyed. Y'all can go spin that motherfucker. I'm gonna go link that shit right now. Cause pff, fuck that. That's one of the greatest. It's a fire shit. track. It's a fire track. The second slice. Anyway, we doing this. Give me a second, y'all. I'm linking this shit. Meanwhile, y'all can go follow Chris Chrome and show love. His project's on the way. Everybody knows Chris Chrome's supposed to be on track three. If you didn't know. Wow, wow, because I, I made it up one time and I stuck to I it, really G. I just made that up one time and I stuck with it, G. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the track. Guess what? It's track three. Um, and anyway, 
Y'all follow him. He'll have more shit. He's watching all your shits. He's in the fucking backgrounds editing, and he'll be more stuffs. He's always at the things. And if y'all want to meet Chris Crone, he's available to do stuff with you. I love that. Um, I love that. What? He, he, he's there. He's watching all your stuff. He, he's at all the things, all these things he's just at. He is. <laughs> no specific, just all these things. I'm just so busy. He's an omnipresent force that y'all should not fuck with because he's not, I don't know, something positive. Um, follow Chris, love Chris. That is, that is the best. That is, I will take that. He is an, I will take that. He is an omnipresent force. That is something positive. That is, that is heartwarming. I don't know. Um, fo- shout out all of you for suffering through this with me. I wasn't suffering. It got the suffering at a point. I'm like, I got fucking eat or something. I'm like that part happened but otherwise it was wonderful to be with everybody and to hear more about chris and his insights and his fanny pack love and all that good shit um migos times was another phase another era oh um, you gotta pass the fanny pack check fam you gotta I'm pass the vibe check about that anyway and then like yo shout out everybody watching in the future y'all know what it is links in description bloop bleep blop bloop um we're gonna raid somebody we're gonna fucking hit the button i don't even know who it is they were just online they're musicing people though, so they make music. Y'all should peep it and show love and follow and shit. Um, and on that note, I fucking love all of y'all's and live long and fucking prosper. We'll go live and go get footage next Sunday. A lot of footage. Love. Bye bye.